Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. What do I even say? You know, what do I even say at this point? Because we're finishing up my favorite series ever today. Like, I didn't even have a funny intro, you know? I just... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting there like, how do I make this funny? Do I do do one more shit story to end it off? Like, I also thought about doing that. Like, just (laughs) now. (laughs) I mean, the worst part is I have a new one. But, like... Oh, man. Should I just tell it for old times? I feel like if we add this this much of a fucking drift-compatible moment, because, you know... (laughs) I'm going to reference just a fantastic movie by the name of Pacific Rim. Oh, dude. Um, you know, you could just uh, you could just roll with it. I yeah, man. Pacific Pacific Rim episode when? Uh, Let's go. But like, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll do this for old times. Like, I'll, I'll, we'll start it on a light note. Um, so Nicole and I recently celebrated both of our birthdays. Mine was in September. Hers was in October. And we had a, like a pizza party kind of in the middle of it to, to celebrate mm-hmm. the two of us. And then we had our own individual party. So it was cool. So, but during that pizza party, I decided that I was going to try something a little different. And that is, we went to our favorite pizza place around here. And this pizza, for some reason, makes me... Like, I don't think I've ever shit harder in my life than consuming food (laughs) from this place. Like, it doesn't necessarily (laughs) even have to be pizza. It's almost like they construct the crust out of, like, laxatives. It's insane. (laughs) Jesus. It feels like the second it hits my stomach, I may as well have swallowed, like, a concrete brick. But like, oh no! It was. It's delicious. It's so good. Yeah, sometimes you but, have to do it. Yeah, and it's like it's worth it for me to come back. Like I keep coming back to it. So clearly, that's a testament to the taste. But we went there, and I work overnights now, so I do these ridiculous 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shifts. That's why we have to. Uh-huh. That's why we moved our day to Friday. I'm just gonna like let the cat out of the bag. So yeah, because I wanted to make sure we had time to record. So. I'm like, okay, we're gonna, we'll go to this pizza place, and then we'll, uh, then we'll go to work. You know, I don't really do terribly much at my overnight job. I just kind of sit there and make sure the place don't burn down. So, Oof. all right, what an equation! What an <laughs> equation already! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So can't uh, wait to see what's on the other end of this equal side. <laughs> so, I this was awful. So I went home and I was getting ready, and Nicole was getting ready to go to bed. So I kissed Nicole goodbye. I'm like, all right, honey, I'm going to go. And she's like, are you going to be okay? Because she knows that this is a thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll be okay. I'm fine. So I go downstairs. I take one step out of my house. A single step out of my house. That's not good. I don't like that. And I feel it. I feel my body preparing for the dimensional rift. (laughs) 
Oh, God. (laughs) Like, you know, like, do you know when your body gives you a sign? You're like, okay, I can either, I I can either gamble with this or I can take care of this right now. Which one am I choosing? Well, I hit the first option on Google because I was feeling lucky. So I went into the car. And I was like, all right, I got to go. You know, I got to go. I got to make sure I'm there a little bit early, you know. So I wanted to get there and make sure that I was able to get there. So we're, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. And I'm like halfway to my job. And I hear what sounds like. So as if you know me in real life, you know that I'm super into Final Fantasy fourteen. I heard sure. the combination roar of every single raid boss in that game emit oh, no. from my gastrointestinal system. Oh, like, <laughs> it's super, super safe. It sounded oh, like no. a thousand bears at once. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'm going to miss this. So, like, <laughs> like, if it was any louder, I would have seen my glass wobble. It was okay. like, all right, yeah. Okay, <laughs> moving on. It was, I was like, oh. No, so I'm like yeah. on the highway, and I'm like, "Fuck me, dude!" So I'm like speeding down the highway. Like the the highway's 55 miles an hour. I'm doing an easy 90. I'm like fucking <laughs> flying. <laughs> so I get to the end. This one, if the, I think, if there's one thing that the people have to know about you is that you are just initial d the person like i've never seen it i've never seen anything like it yeah i think we met we met and i was like i've i never want to be in a car with this guy ever again. <laughs> but the thing is my driving record is great so i'm like impeccable incredible uh so i'm just fucking flooring it like pedal to metal so i get off the exit and i'm flying down an essentially residential street uh, and I, I, I pull into my job because like the, the turnoff is actually on a residential street. So I'm like honking. I'm like the, I'm the asshole driver. That's like up every in everybody's trunk as I'm driving them right now. So I get to my job and I like, you know, when you're like, it's about to happen. And like, you have to do that, like shame waddle to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I had to cross the entire parking lot walking on extremely thin ice. Extremely thin ice. Because oh, one man. piece of outside stimuli, would, it would have been over. So like, <laughs> I get to the bathroom and I close the stall door and I turn around to go sit down and I feel this the most dire feeling my body has ever felt. I had to freeze because I'm like, if I move at all, I'm going to shit my pants. There's no easy (laughs) way to say this. If I move an inch, I will shit my pants. (laughs) So I had to calculate this where I could get my pants unbuckled unbuttoned and unzipped and on the toilet in one movement otherwise otherwise it was going to be a bad day for me (laughs) you could have used your own bathroom i (laughs) that's 
that's the worst part. So you literally I, could have used your own bathroom. So Wait, I did. You're it. on the second floor of your house to so go out. You could have used the the bathroom on your second floor on yeah. the ground floor. Yeah, I could have. I could have done that. You know, but like I was just like, I gotta get to work. So <laughs> I so I managed to do it, and I'm in there for like ten <laughs> minutes, and I just just like oh god it was awful it was the worst feeling i've ever experienced in my life because i knew like if somebody came to say hi to me i would have shit my pants in front of my co-workers and it would have been the worst like i'm legitimately crying oh my god it was just this sudden urge i heard all sound leave my ears and it was like a quick time event in real life i was literally about to say you pulling your brands down was like a real time real world quick time it was a literal fucking quick time event that was outrageous outrageous like three steps x y x triangle square like if one button went wrong i would have shit all over the bathroom it would have been terrible so dude I've said it before. I've said it again. Cut the intro after this shit. Okay, yeah. let's talk about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> one last time. One last let's evening. Go. Let's get it. Hi, welcome to the Triforce Podcast, where we talk about video games. We talk about movies, anime. Now, apparently, yeah, we're fucking multimedia at this point. That alone is going to get us copyright. Watch the show. No. It's <laughs> the Triforce. Okay, all right. We've done this before. We figured for the last episode, we had to do it again. We need a lot of energy for this. So, oh, do we need please. a lot of energy? <laughs> Both of our jobs are respectively killing us. So please, <laughs> <laughs> we need to summon our energy from you. So if you are not in operation of a motor vehicle right now, if you could just put your hands right to the sky and and just offer us. If you, if you are in operation of a motor vehicle, we'll take it anyway. There's going to be a lot of accidents. But... <laughs> when, everybody, when everybody just feels like they ran a marathon while driving, it'll, it'll go great. Oh, man. I'm so glad I'm almost home from my 20-hour shift. <laughs> Let me just stretch my arms. <laughs> someone, someone only gave us, like, a Newton of energy. Like, who was that? <laughs> I'm Damn, sitting there like <laughs> Goku who's fighting like a supreme universal being like damn I thought I was having a bad day. <laughs> oh man. All right. So holy shit the last DB's evening I something can't we it. never really expected to see when we started this. No, not at all. I thought we were I I thought you were going to be sick of me by like season 6, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like it's surreal because you know I've done this twice now. I've done I've done this on the radio, and now I'm doing this on my own podcast. And it just it's it feels so good to talk about this show. And honestly, Z, I don't think I could have done it with anybody else. Yeah, it, it's just it's my favorite show, and you're one of my favorite people. And like, it just makes me happy. Yeah, I mean. This anime raised us, and while we were never childhood friends, I just would like to think that a young you and me would have just absolutely lost our respective... We would have 
bodied this show. Like we would have, <laughs> we would have sat there with the entire DVD collection and binged it the entire week. Honestly, we <laughs> you have been in my life long enough where you've been in the most important years in my life. So, right. like, and I'm glad for that. I'm grateful for that every day. Oh, but you are literally my Vegeta. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, sure is. After hearing that shit story, I was like, yeah, he's the Goku of us. Okay, <laughs> we got this. I know like two things extremely well, and then so everyone well. else has to help me with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I am I am much like Vegeta, and much like he will in this stretch of episodes. I am constantly in awe of you. I oh. think that you are. Uh, one of the most hardworking, respectable people I've ever met. Someone who is like never asked for a dime, has worked his damn way all the way up here, created pretty much all of this from the ground up. I just want to make that clear. He always he always likes to to claim that it's our podcast, but you know, Rain and I we do we do some things, but he does many things, and he does oh. a lot to bring you this content. So if you enjoy it, you've got you've got really one man to seventy five percent thank. Well, listen, you know what? They're not called the Z Fighter. They're called the Z Fighters. So yep. let's go. It's not. It's the Triforce for a reason. It's the Triforce, not the un, Uno <laughs> Force. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All right. Got it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we are episode 276 in up until two episode 291. So I figure no time like the present. Let's go. Uh, I'm feeling energized. I feel yeah, me like too. I could just, just spirit bomb the rest of this. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Episode 276, Evil Kid Boo in the Funimation dub and in the Ocean dub. Oh. One of the one of the last times I'll be able to say that. Um where is the exit? Escape from a collapsing boo. <laughs> All right. Like, I said it yeah. in the beginning, like in the beginning of the show, that this is the second time recording this, dude. It doesn't matter how many times I hear that dub title. That is hilarious to me. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Like that's literally a title where the the person who was making the names of the titles was like, "Oh fuck, I don't have an idea for today." Um, what's what's the episode about? They're, they're, oh, they're trying to escape uh, Boo. They're uh, like in his where's body. Where's the he... exit? Sir, that's it. Shut up and print it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a talking head interview of that employee. Terry was such a dick today. I can't believe that that episode title went through. It's such a piece of shit. Oh, man. So uh, Goku saves Vegeta from being absorbed. Yes, that's he does. Important, I would say. Um, basically, last time we left off. Um, Super Boo, uh, regressed to his normal form, and then, um, Boo, uh, tries to absorb Goku and Vegeta, so Goku, uh, saves Vegeta from that. As Vegeta recovers, Goku continues to fight the thought form of Super Boo, so, I, I, I'm so confused as to what that even means, because what is Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, I mean, um, it's like... <sighs> <laughs> I feel like I say the that particular. I feel like I say that particular thing so many times in this podcast. You know, what I mean, like when you're there, you get it. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> but like, no. Um, basically, they're inside Boo's head, and you know, you can conjure up anything in your own head. So sure. they're physically fighting a manifestation of Boo's thoughts. And Wild. 
because they're in his brain. You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's so cool. And he's also um, a being created entirely by magic. So this shit's like not that far fetched when you think of the rules that were in place to create Majin Buu. And it'll get even more fucky in a second because man does none of this make sense outside okay. of the Dragon Ball Z universe. I love it. Goku is rapidly losing energy, and just as Super Buu is about to defeat Goku, Vegeta cuts down the pod containing the fat Majin Buu. Yeah, that was causes. cool. So that's like cutting off his power supply to him. Um, uh, yes and no. Uh, right. I would argue that that was one of the best decisions they could have made in the moment, but one of the worst decisions they could have made overall. <laughs> okay. Uh, this causes Super Buu to go mad. As without the fat Majin Buu absorbed, Super Buu cannot exist. As Super Buu's insides begin to change, Goku and Vegeta realize that they must fucking leave. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so they grab the pods containing Goto Gohan, Goten, Piccolo, and Trunks and try to find a way out. Um, Where's the exit? Yeah, um, well. <laughs> <laughs> on their way through his body, they notice one of the tunnels that leads to one of the holes in Buu's skin where steam escapes. Yeah, his little fucking Mewtwo vents on his yeah. ears. Um, they're able to fly out through here, and when they emerge on the other side, all six of them regain their normal size. As Goku and Vegeta set the pods down, they observe Super Buu changing into a different bee. He transforms first into a hulking form, and then shrinks to a childlike version of himself, thus giving us our Funimation title, Evil Kid Buu. Yeah, this is so cool. I said this yeah. in an earlier podcast, but this is Majin Buu's original form. Um, I remember, I think I said it like, this is the, this isn't the strongest Buu has ever been, but this is the most dangerous he's ever been. Because this is pure, unreasonable chaos incarnate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, yeah, it's not the most strongest. It's not the most powerful, but it's almost, you know, it's not even, some of that isn't even worth it if you can't predict what's going to happen. No, I, you know what? It's like the difference between like a well-trained German shepherd and a rabid Pomeranian. You know oh what I mean? God. Like, there's, there's Episode 277. <laughs> what a, what a simile. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> end of Earth in the Funimation dub, and in the Ocean dub, Earth disappears! Boo's reverse transformation of evil. Yeah. Yeah, that's the oh, cool God. thing about Boo, is like the, the, the stronger he gets, the, the least... Oh my god, let me start that sentence over in English. Uh, his transformations go backwards, and he gets stronger. I think that's so cool. He go back. He go back. <laughs> True. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, just really a great villain. Um, yeah. Because, like, sure, Cell had different forms, and that's fine. But we knew Cell had to absorb a being in order to gain more perfection. Yeah. And it's like, it's but, crazy to think about that Boo had just been absorbing people left and right to try and get yeah. back to a form similar to this. Yeah, and now he's absorbed energy from very large reserves of energy. Oh, yeah. 
And like even it's even crazier that even without all of those large reserves of energy and even without the thing that made him what we saw him when we met him. When he's killing the king of demons like he's a paper mache doll, you know, like <laughs> true, 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 true. We take that away. Yeah, honestly, we take that away from him, and that's how much stronger he gets. Mm-hmm. Crazy. True, true, true. Yeah, Fat Pooh is almost like a handicap. Almost. Yeah, like he like, is, and we'll find out why that is. Alucard before he releases restraint type stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking more Shadow the Hedgehog, but I guess they're the same character. Oh, of course you were. Wow, what a fucking shock! Let me just sit down. I'm sitting down um, to get over my shock. Um, Supreme Kai explains to explains to old Kai, not explains um, explains to old Kai that he was once one of the five Supreme Kais. Yes. It was one of the four that ruled over a quad, each of a quadrant of the universe, and the fifth being their leader, north, south, east, west, and the Grand Kai. Yeah? Yep, and wouldn't you know it that East Kai is the one that we're dealing with. Yeah. He says that with this latest childlike version, Kid Buu is the original true Majin Buu, and by far the most powerful of them all. Press X to doubt on that wording, I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> yes and no. Um, I mean, like like I said before, he's not the most powerful of the boos, but he's the most dangerous because he's just an unreasonable, like if impulse and chaos were made into a physical being, it is Kid Boo. True. Supreme North and West Kai perished against them. Uh, Supreme South Kai was absorbed, changing the original Majin Buu into the hulking form that was seen briefly in the previous episode. Yeah, isn't Their it leader... crazy? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry to like interrupt, but like, no, I just no, no. want to put this into perspective how powerful Buu is. Um, so the Kais are basically gods you know they're like guardian deities, and they don't really get involved in the affairs of humans or mortals. Unless, you know, it's absolutely necessary. So, you know, Kid Boo is out wreaking fucking havoc on the universe. And they're like, oh, shit, we actually have to get involved now. Like, there's, we can't let this go. So what does Bibbidi do? He <laughs> sends Majin Boo. I know, right? He sends Majin Boo up to the fucking realm of the Kais. And it's just like, <laughs> you need a good warm-up. Like, go fight God. That's your warm-up. Oh, right. my Lord. No pun intended. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man, well, Yeah, dude. no, it definitely puts it into perspective that this thing can can kick. It's a little dangerous. A little dangerous. Right. The leader, Daikao? Daikao. Daikao. There we go. That makes sense. Kaioken. Okay, we got you. Like, okay. Daikao was then absorbed by that form, but this absorption changed Boo into the fat, happy Boo that came out of the ball. Yeah. The absorption of the Kai actually weakened Boo, making him less focused and less destructive. More childlike, so- and Daikao was a very benevolent uh being so you know you obviously take the personality traits of the people you absorb like when um when super boo was gotenks you know he was a cocky arrogant snob uh when he absorbed gohan he was a 
cocky, arrogant snob. Uh, <laughs> so, but like he was less so. He was smarter. Then when he was with when he had Piccolo, yeah, you know what? He was still cocky and arrogant, but he was also extremely conniving and extremely intelligent. So sure. he absorbs the characteristics of the of the beings he absorbs as well. Right. Uh, we saw that when he absorbed Gohan. Exactly. Right. Um, true. So, Thank I mean, God he didn't I, get to I, Vegeta. I, Holy shit. Could you imagine <laughs> a more arrogant Super Buu? No, God, please no. <laughs> imagine him <laughs> screaming about his pride. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I want to make a comparison, and I wonder if you'll, you'll go along with it or, uh, you know. I think that Kid Boo is like when your girlfriend's really hungry, and like Fat Boo is when you're she is fed and made cl- <laughs> made made whole again. I can understand that. Like N- Nicole will come home. It's, it's like Sim. Uh oh. <laughs> See, that was Z's girlfriend uh, coming in and unplugging his computer, uh, and you know, just yelling at him for this analogy. So we're gonna we're gonna wait. And hang out. Uh, how you doing? Well, it's uh, uh, it wouldn't oh, okay. be it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a podcast <laughs> if I didn't accidentally close Discord. Excuse me. <laughs> that was perfect. Got, I got a notification and I'm like, oh fuck, I should mute that. Close this Discord. Like, My brain. Why? Like. <sighs> okay. All you know good. You're gonna hear what I was saying uh, when the recording comes out, so it's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure you you broke into your typical Johnny Carson shenanigans. So <laughs> All right, sorry about that, folks. Um, so yeah, it's like kind of like the more satisfied you are, the less like distracted and rabid. That of course, you are. You know, or the more I, distracted and less rabid. That you I are. can't tell you how many times Nicole has come home and I'm just like. You want to go get KFC? And she'll just be screaming and just, like, so angry about her job. I'm just like, got your KFC chicken sandwich. And it's like, <laughs> I'm looking at two different creatures. <laughs> like, right. she's just like, thank you. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it's the same Ooh. exact thing. I, I would say it's an apt comparison. It also works for me, too. You know, I'm an asshole when I'm hungry. And then Nicole's just like, she's just like, here, have a fucking, here's some chicken. And I'm just like, bless you, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Back on Earth, Kid Boo creates a powerful ball of energy and throws it at the Earth, intending to destroy it. Goku and Vegeta deflect it in retaliation. Kid Boo then creates a ball ten times more powerful than the previous one. Yeah. And and throws... (laughs) there's something i like i hate to say it like this but there's something i admire about kid boo because he's just like ah fuck it that didn't work let's make sure it does this time (laughs) (laughs) let's make it bigger (laughs) just it's just insane and it's also crazy to think about that this is the very first time we see kid boo move (laughs) At all. This is his immediate reaction, which is so batshit crazy. Where it's just like, that's the first thing he does? Yeah, sure it does. Oh, God. 
Knowing that they currently do not have enough strength left to stop it, Goku and Vegeta try to grab everyone and teleport away, but are only able to grab Dende, Hercule, and B. Yeah. As the Earth is about to be destroyed, Supreme Kai appears and instantly transmits Goku, Vegende, uh, Vegende, excuse me. <laughs> Goku, Vegeta, Dende, Hercule, and B to the world of the guys. You know that fusion exists somewhere, and I don't want to think about it. Shut up. <laughs> Episode 278, <laughs> True Saiyans Fight Alone, um, in the Funimation dub, or in the Ocean dub, Boo's Assault, a conclusion in the Kaioshin realm. Yeah, so this this whole episode is crazy in and of itself. I'm going to let you explain it, and then I'll just kind of gloss over each Sweet. of the little things. All right, I'm going from start to finish. Boo is blasted apart from the by the explosion, but he reforms after the destruction of Earth and goes on a rampage throughout the galaxy. He goes from planet to planet, looking for Goku and Vegeta, and then destroys each planet when he doesn't find them. As he finds the Grand Kai's planet, he starts to toy with everyone there. When he becomes bored, he creates an energy ball intending to destroy Grand Kai's planet. Supreme Kai offers Goku and Vegeta his fusion earrings, but they both refuse them. They raise their power levels so Boo will know where to find them. Boo then is out, just abandons his attempt to destroy the Grand Kai's planet, and teleports to the world of the Kai's, because he senses Goku and Vegeta's energy, and he's like, ooh, shiny! That's a perfect way to describe it, actually. Kid Boo is literally just, a, a, again, impulse. Complete right. impulse. What a fucking crazy character, dude. Like, <laughs> just blows up the earth and himself and just reforms in space and he's just like, oh, on to the fucking next one. Oh, by the way, guess what he learned because of uh, Goku using it a lot. Instant bone? transmission. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that's a thing that they can do, apparently. Um, And, yes, yeah, so Kid Boo is just literally warping from planet to planet to planet to planet if he doesn't find them immediately blows it up and himself reforms incredible next incredible. blows it up reforms himself he finds the kai's planet by sensing ridiculously powerful energies goes there now these are all dead fighters right. and like that just it, it just shows that the the realm of the dead is also within the realm of the living and which is crazy uh so dbz i know fucking whatever uh so you know they're all toying with him and krillin and yamcha have essentially shit their pants like they're just yeah. like no nah, we're we're good we're good on that and krillin's like how the fuck do you expect us to fight that what the, what do you mean like he's like i could probably go a few rounds with Frieza right now. How do you expect me to do something about this? <laughs> so, Kai, the all the Kais are freaking the fuck out. All the people in the tournament are just like, oh, he's alive! Oh, look how small he is! And, like, he starts fighting them, and it takes all of them to even remotely push back at all against Kid Buu. And he's like, eh, fuck it, I'm bored. I'm just gonna blow everyone up. It, it, again, no words, no nothing. Just flies up in the air, creates a giant ball, is about to destroy everybody. And the thing about destroying dead people is once you destroy them, they don't have a form anymore and do <clears> not <throat> exist anymore. 
So mm, that's it. Big dead. Permadead. Yeah, that's permadeath. So, like, they're freaking out, rightfully so. And right. imagine right before he throws the ball, he just zips away. Yeah, no, no trace. That's got to be pretty bad. I, you know what? If I was there on the other end of that, I would have almost preferred he threw the ball because I don't want to think about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to think about that for the rest of my life. Yeah, you know what I was just thinking? There are some <laughs> things that aren't worth the relief. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's that's no. Especially if I'm going to be dead for all eternity, I have to think about just how easy it was for my entire existence to be wiped out, and it was a hair second away from being so. Correct. Crazy. Ep- episode 279, Battle for the Universe Begins, or in the Ocean Dub, Seize the Future, a decisive battle with the universe at stake. I mean, all Dragon Ball Z endgames are like this, man. This is mm-hmm. this is it. You know, Frieza was battle for the universe, although I'm sure Majin Buu would have come and kick his ass eventually. But, like, you know, this is actually yeah. really funny that um that Frieza knew about Majin Buu and we find out about that in uh Super which I think is really interesting. But Frieza's <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's the one thing I'm not fucking with. Everything else is fair game. I'm just nope, I'm good on that. Thanks. <laughs> We're out of here. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so this is it, man. This is the final boss battle of the series. True. And, you know, there's it. DBZ did it well. So they, they rolled it out, rolled out the red carpet with Boo. And I think that's what makes him such a memorable villain. Yeah. And I also, you know, I, I shit on this decision last episode because Goku and Vegeta could have fused and made this so much easier for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think they needed to do it like this because, you know, what? The, the world's going to be saved by Vegito? No. It's going to be saved by Goku and Vegeta, you know, the two protectors of the world. And, Word. you know, I think that's appropriate, you know, because, like, they're going to be like, oh, where is this Vegito guy? Because they the people over don't fucking understand that two people can this. become one person. They don't understand that at all. <laughs> like, so, like, like, Vegito, totally unrelated to Goku and Vegeta for some reason, you know? Like, yeah. where is that There's man? Like- <laughs> there's like tabloids like yeah. secret secret love child question secret, exactly Vegeta, they're just like i don't give a fuck like i just we're gonna do this ourselves we're gonna do it our own way and there's something admirable about that so supreme kai transports himself dende and old kai to a distant planet so that they'll be out of goku and vegeta's way along with a crystal ball that allows them to watch the battle just a quick ppv you know <laughs> yeah, i adore this Get the wings, get the snacks. <laughs> I, I adore that once, like, that crystal ball was spawned, like, when Gohan was doing his training, mm-hmm. the entirety of the rest of the Toriyama series, <laughs> up until the end of Dragon Ball GT, was watched through that fucking crystal ball. True. True. So funny. Unfortunately, they forget to take Hercule and be along. <sighs> they're just chilling out there. Yep, they're just hanging out. Just Triple H and a dog just chilling <laughs> out there. 
imagine, imagine Kibito, how, like, cause I know him and him and Shin, who's the Supreme Kai are, you know, they're fucking fused at this point, but I can just imagine if Kibito was still his own person, like he'd be right. having a stroke on the floor. Like not only are Goku and Vegeta there desecrating with Majin Buu, by the way, right. desecrating Classic. the land of the Kais yet again. Uh, they're just like, oh, sacred land? You mean our battleground? Like, no, Correct. we're good. Uh, then Hercule Satan is the mm -hmm. very first <laughs> human being to put his fucking dumb feet <laughs> not land. his dumb feet, bro. Come on. <laughs> the land of Supreme Kai's. Oh my lord, man. That's crazy. That is crazy. I have to admit. <laughs> like of all of the human beings. Of all of them. You know? Not this guy. No. Definitely not this guy. No. Goku and Vegeta play rock, paper, scissors to decide who will fight first, and Goku wins. Boys. <laughs> Boys, is now really the time. <laughs> you know, Colton, we're not looking at each other, but do you want to have an all-for-nothing rock, paper, scissors right now? Fuck it, why not? <laughs> okay, ready? Yep. Uh, we're going to go on a says shoot? Yeah. Right, cool? All right, okay. Rock, we're not paper, savages. scissors. What's up? <laughs> we're not ready. savages, we says, and shoot. Yeah, fucking <laughs> plebs. Ready? <laughs> All right, ready? Okay, ready? Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors and shoot. shoot. I chose scissors. You chose scissors too? Oh, of course we did. Why you the fuck would, why wouldn't this happen? <laughs> Imagine if we did that while the world was at stake, folks. Yeah, pretty um, much. But let's um, be honest. <laughs> looking at the two of us, listening to the two of us in our entire podcast career, I think that we're the dumb motherfuckers that are going to do that. Mm-hmm. I really I do. <laughs> I feel like we're destined to save the world. Oh, yeah. Imagine. That would be amazing. Yeah. It, uh, he powers up to Super Saiyan 2 and starts beating up Boo. He yeah. blasts him apart, but he reforms. Classic Boo stuff. Um, Boo creates another massive energy ball and throws it down at the planet. Goku is able to deflect it, but Boo guides the ball back around into the planet. You spin me right round like a record, baby. <laughs> right yeah, right I mean, back. They seem to forget that he can just do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of Majin Buu is just like, he can just do that. Yeah. And it's just so crazy how much you have to learn about your enemy when they don't tell you anything. Cell and Frieza had, they needed their monologues. You know, Frieza was just an evil space dictator and Cell <laughs> was part evil space dictator, Goku and Vegeta, he needed to talk, otherwise he would have exploded. It Agreed. was just... <laughs> so, it's amazing how much trouble you will have with a foe when they just don't talk. Right, yeah. That's not that's not Vegeta's style, for sure. No, God, no. Boo creates another... Uh, okay, Boo... Uh, da, 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 da. Powerful shockwaves rock the entire planet, disfiguring its shape and leaving its circus ragged and uneven. Goku decides to power up to Super Saiyan 3. Um. <laughs> yeah, he just, does, again, just decides to fucking do that. Uh, I just I, love that decision-making process. He's like, whoa, okay, damn, all right, I guess we gotta do this. <laughs> well, shit, okay, fine, you know? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, I understand the reluctance to do so because you can see how comfortable he is in Super Saiyan 2. 
Super Saiyan 3, it's, um, yeah. Still a new car. Yeah, still a new car. You're still feeling it out. Uh, It's like, it's comparable to when he first went Super Saiyan and he had to, like, really focus on controlling that power and it would burn through him so easily. Remember when Gohan and Goku, like, right before the the Android saga, were kind of just chilling in Super Saiyan mode? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, right before the cell fights, they were just chilling in Super Saiyan mode? Hanging. Yeah, they did that to get more comfortable with that form, you know, to make sure that it doesn't kill them while they're in it, you know, so they can learn how to control their energy. That's the reason why Gohan and Goku are so comfortable in that state. And even Vegeta still seems to struggle with it because he never did that. So, Mm -hmm. like, this is still that brand new state where Goku's figuring out, what the fuck do I do with this? You Mm -hmm. know, I have this much power. How do I use it? And how do I use it well? How do I use it against this very unpredictable and extremely powerful opponent? Exactly, yeah. (sighs) Ah, Jesus. Okay, episode 280, Vegeta's Respect. Which, uh, this um, was weird. Yeah. This was a weird episode. Or Vegeta takes off his hat. Goku, you are number one. <laughs> you know, we made this in the first recording of this podcast, but yeah, this fucking bad. hell, dude. Does this make me laugh every time? Just like I like to, I like to think about him tipping his entire hair. To go, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> Like a Lego. Yeah, like a Lego. But like it comes off and it just makes a... Like, just... <laughs> the widow's peak is still there. Like, it's not oh, part dude. of the hairline. <laughs> this is a really weird scar I got when I was a kid. You think I'd be... You think my hairline's receding like the fucking golden arches? I've been, I've been shaving this unibrow for years. Um... <laughs> Goku and Boo continue to fight, each taking powerful blows from each other. Boo folds himself into a ball again and hits Goku hard. That seems to be one of Boo's favorite attacks. Like, he does that as Super Boo all the time. The Boo Ball? The Boo Ball. Goku puts all of his energy into a massive Kamehameha, but Boo reforms afterward. Of course he does. It's It's just crazy because Boo just lets his guard down. He's like, I don't give a shit. No matter how many times you blow me apart, as if you don't vaporize me entirely, I'm there, man. Like, what are you going to do? Goku, you know? retu- Goku returns to his normal state, collapsing from exhaustion. Vegeta then steps in, but finds he is no match for Boo. I, yeah. I can't believe this is how the wiki chooses to, to describe this, but Boo cleans his clock. <laughs> and just... And just this was written this this personal review was written by a 90 year old man i I love the idea that just like the guy in the wiki was just like vegeta gets his shit rocked like (laughs) like, oh better edit that yeah right (laughs) this kid's on this website um (laughs) boo cleans that clock and just as he about and just as he's about to deal vegeta the finishing blow goku pushes him out of the way he then powers back up to Super Saiyan 3 and continues yeah. me, their furious fight. Uh, Vegeta reminisces about all of the fights he and Goku were in. He finally admits to himself that Goku is better. I mean, like, he yeah. already knew. He already knew. It's not like a fucking mystery. It's just he had to come to terms with it. But I hate the way he did it. 
growth. Yeah, I, I growth. Just, it's growth. I understand it's growth, but it sounds like he's giving up. And Character development. I mean, wouldn't yeah. you be giving up? This situation no. seems utterly hopeless. No, because the the way I think about life in general is you have two options and three outcomes. You either do nothing and get nothing, or you do everything and you get nothing, or you do everything and get everything. I'm going to give my ch- myself the chance at everything, you know? I see. Like, it, it's just, that's the way that Goku is doing it. He's like, is if I can still fight, I can pull a win out of my ass. I can make this work. It's like when I'm playing Smash and I'm losing. I'm like, how do I cheese this? <laughs> he, he loves an ass pull win. It's the best. He, does. I mean, he really does. It's 90% of his wins. But, like, it's the way it's the, the way to think about it. Because if you just give up, then you're just guaranteeing you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. It's something we can keep in mind going into episode 281. Uh, minute of desperation in the in the Funimation dub, uh, but in the Ocean dub, pull through Vegeta one life threatening minute. Yeah, holy shit, was this a crazy episode? Imagine, I, oh, imagine sorry, being on. Vegeta. No, no, I'm just gonna prime the episode. Imagine Please. being Vegeta in this, and I want you to just think about what Vegeta has to fucking go through while Z reads this thing. Yeah. Since it's a minute of desperation, I'm going to put, I'm going to try to challenge myself here. I'm going to set a stopwatch and see if I can read the whole episode in a minute. Oh, hell yeah. Let's see. Okay. Here I go. Ready? Goku continues to fight Boo, but he seems to have, and he seems to have the upper hand. He deals out a lot of damage to Boo, but as this fight goes on, his hits become weaker and weaker until they have virtually no effect at all. He tells Vegeta that it's his turn, but Vegeta declines, deciding that he is no match for Boo. He tells Goo that, uh, Goo, he tells (laughs) Goku that Boo is too powerful for him and that Goku stands a much better chance of destroying him. Goku is shocked and unsettled by this admission, telling Vegeta that he deliberately let the fight drag on so that Vegeta could have a turn and that he is now exhausted. Vegeta is horrified by this because now they cannot stop Boo. Goku unsuccessfully attempts to reassure Vegeta, telling him that no one, he needs no one, he, oh, excuse me, he needs one uninterrupted minute to power up enough to destroy Boo. Despite the fact, right, unbelievable, unfact. Um, Despite the fact that Vegeta recognizes that he will need a miracle to survive a, a minute against Boo, now he reluctantly steps in while Goo is po- Boo is powering up, even though Goku tells him that if he is destroyed when he is already dead, Vegeta will not will no longer exist in any form. Boo thrashes Vegeta, but every time he gets knocked down, Vegeta gets up ready for more. Boo stretches out his arm, wraps it around Vegeta's neck's neck, and begins choking him for fun. It's been more than one minute, and Goku hasn't generated the power he needs which is very funny because i am at a minute and 23 seconds unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we were we're 23 seconds over time for the demise of earth uh Oops. so classic wow <laughs> this really a mirror image isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so man. it Goku just goes to show you to power up it just goes to show you how short a minute is but also <laughs> how long it is in that moment sure like that was so fast that went so fucking fast and vegeta's like i can't last that long what are you talking about (laughs) like 
this man could sneeze on me and I will be dead. Like, what right. are you talking about? Right. He's got to uh, hold him off for a minute. Not yeah, he's him. literally doing the fucking Piccolo thing. And when, uh, when they were fighting Frieza, Goku did. Goku pulled the same shit with Piccolo. He's just like, yo, Piccolo, could you just distract Frieza for a minute? I'm going to charge up this group. <laughs> That's fucking worst. He's the worst. He sucks. <laughs> he just, he just, yo, you mind just holding this for a second? <laughs> yo, you know, like, you're supposed to like Shonen protagonists, and it's just. It just gets more difficult to enjoy. I Goku. know it does because, like, you you just think about how easy it could have been if both of them were just like. I'm going to use the term that I found the other day that makes it that describes DBZ so well. It's a term used to describe a show called Kanasuba, which it's oh, idiot plot. It's called the idiot plot, and the idiot plot trope is. A series of situations that could be resolved pretty much immediately if all of the main cast weren't just so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot plot. I love that. <laughs> like, it's uh, true. It's that shit's true. <laughs> like, it's so true. If they just objectively wanted to kill Boo, they would have fused into Vegito and just let it go. You know, like just fucking go the, it doesn't last forever the fusion doesn't last forever for mortals like it's just just fucking get it over with yeah i mean <sighs> i just you know it, it, it is late season dbz this is yeah. late writing for them and like with the, the the thing that comes along with power creep is like if you're gonna power creep your characters there has to be a, an actionable plot underneath it Exactly. And like, and, like, does DBZ have a great plot? Absolutely not even remotely making any assumptions about that. But there are parts where you're like, wh wh why? Why, did, <laughs> why? Why would you, you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? Yeah. It's just, you so you sometimes just find yourself slack-jawed in awe at the screen while you're watching this. And you're just like, what the, what? Like, what? <laughs> it's right. just ridiculous. For this, for this next title, I never thought I would need to say this, ever. <laughs> oh, um, no. But we've got episode 282. We have now less than 10 episodes away from finishing Dragon Ball Z. Oh, fuck. Um, episode 282. Old Boo emerges in the ever, ever sturdy Funimation dub. But in that, in that wild little <laughs> ocean dub... <laughs> I think I'm gonna give this one a shot. Don't you pick on Satan? <laughs> the original Boo is revived. <laughs> Says every 14 year old in my lunchroom in high school. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't you pick on Satan, bro? Did, did you have did you have those like middle school Satanists in your school? Like... I was one of those, unfortunately. You good? You're right. 
important. It's important to know your roots, you know? Like, I'm okay. I know. I know. <laughs> Vegeta's secret plan. Fuck. That's that's the next episode. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, sorry. Vegeta's like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Kid Boo is about to blast Vegeta when suddenly Hercule begins to taunt Boo. Boo drops Vegeta and turns his attention to Mr. Satan. Oh, yeah, this scene is actually really funny. Like, So Boo is literally holding Vegeta by the neck, and he's about to deliver the finishing blow, and then Hercule just starts talking shit, and he just whips around to Hercule and just drops Vegeta. <laughs> oh, my God. Like Vegeta's mangled and broken body having to come into impact with the Earth, and the first thing he thinks is like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so glad this happened. Oh, my God. So Jesus. funny, dude. The world champ, thinking that this is all a dream, tries to attack Boo, but is obviously far too weak to do any damage. You know what, man? I, I, I'm, I'm coming around. I love Hercule. <laughs> I really do. I just love how, like, immune to reality he is. You know, I just, like, it's so unbelievable. I mean, let's be honest. If I saw half the shit that was going on, I'd be like, you know what? The only logical explanation to this must be it's a dream. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's the how, only reasonable explanation. That's how dumb all this shit is. Yeah, it's insane. I think Hercule really is just the kind of voice of the audience yeah. in this situation. Like, he's like, fuck it. It's a dream. You know, this I'll, is, I'll wake up. This next section is hilarious. This Just to conceptualize of this. I feel like I want to go and look up this clip later. Boo is about to destroy Hercule, but suddenly he stops in his tracks, clutching Hercule's head and beginning to scream. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just can imagine. Just like I, I open the door to your studio and you're like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, oh, I haven't seen you in ages. I just wordlessly approach you, just grasp both of your ears in a tight <laughs> fist and just... Uh, <laughs> It would not be the strangest way you've entered my home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, while, God. <laughs> while Hercule gloats, Kid Boo wrestles with his mind for a while and then spits out the fat form of Boo, who, though no part, not part of his physical being, was still inside of Kid Boo. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's basically what was going on is we find out that you know how they were just fighting super boo inside his head mm -hmm. uh, with so that was kind of going on with kid boo because all of the absorption pods were you know released when they got outside including the one that contained fat boo but that was inside boo's head true so this kind of interior battle was going on this whole time and obviously fucking Majin Buu is no match for Kid Buu. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna put it. I'm just gonna put it out there. Unfortunately, my big chunky boy not really pulling enough weight. No pun intended. But like, it's just <sighs> so he was losing and losing and losing, and then Kid Buu's about to threaten Hercule, and Majin Buu's like, "Oh fuck that!" Like you know, he's like, "This is the only." human being that i remotely give a shit about 
You are not about to take that away from me again. So I love that. I love that Majin Buu is coming through this hard. <laughs> yep. And, and and I think he pulls his weight in the rest of this. I was reading ahead. He does. He definitely does. Um, but da, 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 da. Shocked and inspired from seeing Fat Buu's still body, an enraged Hercule tries to beat up Kid Buu again, but fails. Um, so now evil uh, Kid Buu has now thrown up the part of himself that stopped him from hurting Hercule in the first place, which this is, is like this Fat is because they were boys. Like, absolutely, this is the this is the pinnacle of Kid Buu. This is completely now unrestrained because everything that kept him in check is now gone. He is mm-hmm. a completely unrestrained creature of chaos and impulse. Dang. Hate yeah. to see it. You really do hate to see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, da, da. So, meanwhile, Goku still can't gather enough energy. Boo attacks Hercule, but a blast from Fat Boo saves Hercule. Goku starts to lose energy and falls to the ground in his normal form. Yeah. Yeah, this was rough. You're on, like, minute eight there, Goku. Yeah. Um, <laughs> episode 283. Earth Reborn, otherwise known as, I think I read this a couple episodes ago, Vegeta's Secret Plan, Palunga and the Two Wishes. Palunga? It is spelled Palunga in the ocean dub. I want to make That's that very so clear. That's so much less threatening. That sounds like the name of my imaginary friend when I was like six. But it <gasps> is, it's spelled Palunga in the Japanese transcription, which leads me to believe that the ocean dub literally didn't even try. Yeah, um, I also just thought about this right now. Why does Parunga sound better than Palunga? They're both absolute nonsense. I feel like Palunga sounds like something you could get on a sandwich. Like, oh, okay. God. like could I get yeah. Uh, yeah, could I get like uh can I get like a turkey and uh pepper jack, um pickles, mayonnaise, lettuce, and do you have palunga? Yeah, I'll take yeah, some well, of that. Well, on, easy on the inside the of the roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, Palunga and the Few Wishes, um, it sounds like a name of, like, a neighborhood bar. Like, oh, you go to Palunga? Um. (laughs) You have Palungas tonight? Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Fat Boo is no match for Kid Boo, who begins to severely beat him. Hercule continues, (laughs) continues to try to help Fat Boo, but is ineffective. There's, like, no nicer way to put that. Like, Boo just gets his fucking shit rocked. Right. There's a lot of him to hit, so... Yeah. You know? He's good. Vegeta suddenly comes up with a plan. He communicates with Dende, telling him to go to New Namek and gather the Dragon Balls. The Supreme Kai and the Old Kai take Dende there, and the Namekians are waiting with the Seven Balls. Parunga is summoned, and Vegeta tells Dende his two wishes. To bring back the Earth and restore it to its undamaged state as well as to bring back all of the non-evil people that died since the morning of the World Martial Arts Tournament. Yeah, I mean, Vegeta just once again proving how wildly intelligent he actually is. Great thinking, great thinking. On the battlefield, there is no one smarter than Vegeta. Except for Piccolo, actually, now that I think about it. But Piccolo and Vegeta go (laughs) toe-to-toe with their intelligence. The only thing holding Vegeta back is his dumb fucking pride. That's it. That's the only thing holding him back. 
the only reason that he's such a great strategist is also the same reason that he has this kind of hubris and this excessive pride is because he was he's a prince. He was born and trained to be a king one day. Like yeah. he was born I, to be the king of all Saiyans. Like so of course he knows how to like <laughs> think strategically, you know? Yeah, but, and I, I just love the idea that Vegeta just kind of settled into being one of the Z fighters. He's just like you know what? Fuck it. Um, you're better than me, Goku. Whatever. It's just it's just a thing. Oh, right. I forgot you guys have fucking in access to unbelievably reality bending bullshit. Let me just commandeer that for a second. I yes. know how to get us out of this shit. Right. Long way from having his wish uh stolen on Namek. Oh yeah. These wishes are granted, and even Vegeta himself comes back to life, proving that he is no longer evil. Yeah, he needed to get that out. He needed to get that out in season eight. You right. Know? And and I think that even if that was still something the universe was holding against him, I think the the this act is an act of just goodness. That he's yeah. like, I'm gonna die. But what if I could just make everything slightly better before this happens? Hopefully Kakarot kicks this thing's ass like he always does. I'll pass into the next life. I'll go wait in the waiting room. They'll wish me back when they find another dragon. But my wife will my wife will go out into the yard and get the dragon balls. Like, yeah. Know, like, <laughs> but I, I also like I think it was more dire than that because Vegeta was on his last life. Like he's like, I'm gone if this is gone if this happens. I'm gone forever i'm big gone mm -hmm. but you know what i want to at least give the rest of the universe a chance let's not mince words here vegeta's committed universal genocide like yeah. let's let's just not all before he was 20 like let's just not mince words here <laughs> you know like this man yes. killed a lot of people so but at the same time he is risking everything to save the rest of the universe because he realizes that that's more important. And I think that's what kind of tips the universal scales in his favor and puts him on the side of good. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Continuing his strategic streak, uh, Vegeta finally reveals his main part of his plan to destroy Boo, the spirit bomb. Yeah. Leading us yeah, yeah, yeah. into episode 284, right? which is call to action in the Funimation dub and in the ocean dub last. Oh, sorry. A last hope. We will make a huge Genki Dama. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, it's very underwhelming to hear it said like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I love Genki Dama still sounds pretty cool to me. I feel like Genki Dama sounds like a street fighter move though. You know Gen what I mean? Genki Dama sounds like a My Hero Academia character. Yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's really true. <laughs> it's like Denki's weird cousin. Denki. Like, <laughs> it's his alter ego because he's wildly uncreative. <laughs> oh, man, I love him. But yeah, so I really find it interesting that Vegeta is the one who proposes this move mm -hmm. because we're about to end Dragon Ball Z. And Vegeta's like, oh, you remember that shit you used on me? Yeah. Do that. Do that shit. Do it again. Yeah. 
we're starting like the first big Dragon Ball Z fight was ended with a spirit bomb, and we are going out the same door we came in. Let's fucking go. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 like what works works. Like you can't. Why? Why? Fi- if it's broke, don't fix it. Like exactly, it worked against Frieza, kind of. It worked against <laughs> Vegeta. <laughs> it worked against Vegeta. They worked. didn't try it on Cell, uh, and <laughs> now it's gonna work against Boo. I mean, like you don't you, like that's like I feel like that's uh, preferred, right? Like you don't need to use it. Like it's like kind of the the best weapons, the one you don't have to fire, so you, you're able to dispatch Cell without using the Spirit Bomb. Like yeah, technically this isn't canon, but it worked on Broly, so why not? You know, true. Like, true. Uh, we believe in Broly in this on this podcast. Absolutely, um, I be- I actually believe in the new Broly. I love the new Broly. The people of Earth come back to life, including the Z fighters and their friends. Goku gets into position to create the spirit bomb, and with the help of King Kai, Vegeta speaks to the entire population of Earth. What a fucking Zoom call. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> how how yeah. are you supposed to know who's talking? Unlo- that is true, yeah. Holy shit, man. He tells them what's going on. He's like, hey guys, Vegeta here. Um, uh, Vegeta for Vsauce here. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and that hey guys, defeat- Vsauce here. <laughs> and, and to defeat, uh, I'm the sauce boss. Um, they need to raise their hands up and offer their energy. Only Goku and Vegeta's family and friends comply. No one else is listening, going willing to listen to a mysterious voice from the sky. Especially not fucking Vegeta's. Like, I, you know what? Vegeta, I love you, man. I do. I really, really do. But you don't exactly have the most soothing of voices. You know, just... Like, you don't have a way with words that the other Z fighters do. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're correct. 90% of the people you're talking to are essentially just, like... M- more intelligent gorillas but like i understand (laughs) you know what i mean it's just a complete lack of understanding of what's going on and a complete lack of desire to understand what's going on so comparison when the saiyans are literally gorillas I can't. Oh, oh no. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to miss talking about this fucking mess. <laughs> right. So they got to raise their hands up. They're off of their energy. Only Goku and Vegeta's family and friends comply. No one else is willing to listen to a mysterious voice from the sky. Vegeta repeatedly pleads with the Earthlings, but to no avail. While this is going on, Fat Boo is buying them time by fighting, in giant air quotes, Kid Boo. But it's not going well. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's actually really funny you mentioned that like people aren't responding to Vegeta's voice because there's literally a lady that pipes up and goes, I don't like the way he sounds. He sounds mean. Yeah, classic. <laughs> Dipl- like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Vegeta's oh. diplomacy checks have always been low. They're never been God, good. Like- that man does not roll. He is a strength build. That's it. Like That's right. a strength constitution build, 100%. <laughs> Intimidation. <laughs> yeah, Vegeta's definitely the barbarian of the group. Goku hasn't gathered nearly enough energy to destroy Boo, which leads us to episode 285, 
People of Earth Unite, or in the Ocean dub, Ultra Impressive! The Genki Dama from Everyone is finished. <laughs> oh, dude. I just, okay, this episode is fucking insane, and I can't wait to talk about it. It's uh, it's unfortunate that um, we're in this position to begin with, but Vegeta continues to plead with the people of Earth, yeah. but no one will listen to Ugh. him. Of course not. Fat Boo has finally lost all of his energy, so Vegeta is forced to fight Kid Boo. He is no match for him and gets severely beaten. But now he's alive. So he's he's back on his his uh, you know life plus one, you know yeah like we're good. Now Goku asks the Earthlings to raise up their arms in small pockets of people who recognize his voice from the other two fucking times he's asked them to do this, or just like the sound of it, do so. But the vast majority remain uninterested. Yeah, because like there's a few people that recognize Goku, and they're like, "Oh shit, that's Goku." You remember oh, General? Guy. You remember General Sa- uh, General Tao? Yeah, from the, like the first to second season. Yeah, he was like, "Oh fuck, that's Goku." He probably knows what he's <laughs> talking about. Fuck it, whatever. And he raises his hands up, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, General Tao!" <laughs> Let's go, boy. Let's go, boy. Absolutely. Let's go. And like, even the people who he's kicked the shit out of realize, okay, Goku's not a bad guy. He's not a bad dude. Like, he knows what he's talking about, and he wouldn't be asking anybody to do this shit if it wasn't literally dire. So fuck it, whatever. Love it. Yeah. All right. Um, Piccolo, Gohan, Goten, and Trunks spread out into the city, hoping to convince people to raise their arms. Hercule has finally had enough, and he speaks to the people of Earth. When they hear the familiar voice of the world champion, all of the people of Earth raise their arms and offer their energy. The spirit bomb is finally ready. Dude, oh fucking, God. like, I just, <laughs> everyone, man, this is Hercules, everyone. like, first time talking, like, to the gods, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine, <laughs> like, think about what it this way. a great way to put it. Think about it this way. Like, you already have a super high opinion of Hercule. You already think he's the savior of the universe. And then he comes through as an omnipotent voice into your head. And it's just like, you need to do this. The universe is at stake. And I'm just like, this is so batshit crazy. This, this is if Dwayne the Rock Johnson, like, (laughs) addressed the world and said, I need your help fighting space Hitler. <laughs> like, hey, is... y'all. This weird genie just popped up, and I'm about to give him the rock bottom. Please buy some Terramana tequila. <laughs> it's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> it's about... Yeah, no, I, I trust him. I trust him. I, I would be one of these people that's like, oh, that's the rock. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I would probably raise my hands in confusion and then just inadvertently get my power sucked out of me. <laughs> Dude, I'd do any, anything The Rock says, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, I love it. I imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin saved the world from an existential threat. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so that leads us to episode funny. 286. Spirit Bomb Triumphant. 
or in that famously spoil-heavy bitch, the ocean dub. <laughs> Son Goku is strongest after all. Majin Buu is defeated. Yeah. Oh, sorry, eliminated. 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 That's a cool eliminated. one. Excuse me. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. That's like, you know what? That's an episode title where you're just sitting there like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I got the next 20 minutes to kill. I already know what happened. Good night, everybody. Like, just... Hello, PB&J. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do at that age, personally. I got the fire temple at Ocarina of Time calling my name. <laughs> uh, Goku is ready to throw the spirit bomb, but Vegeta is in the way. And despite Vegeta's pleas otherwise, he refuses to take out Vegeta along with Boo. Suddenly, Fat Boo gets up and holds Kid Boo down long enough for Hercule to pull Vegeta to safety. Yeah. Kid, Kid Boo then kicks Fat Boo aside and Goku throws the spirit bomb. I hate to admit it, but Hercule is definitely one of the best supporting cast in this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I hate would, to I, say low it. Low B tier. Low B tier. Low B tier to high C tier. I'd say low B tier in terms of usefulness to the crew. You know sure. what I mean? Like, he doesn't do anything even remotely, like, good for the show. Like, he doesn't do anything remotely good for the fights. But, like, he really does clean up the aftermath pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. You know? it. I feel like Toriyama wanted to include, like, human characters, like Bulma and Harkyul. And, like, you can go even... And Chi-Chi. And, like, you could go even further back and, like, talk about, like... Ox King or like any of the characters that show up that are really human characters. Krillin, you know, exactly. So it's not all about the Saiyans. It's about humans helping these creatures who came to the earth to destroy it. Exactly. Save it. Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. Um, all right. Where am I at? Excuse me. Uh, it hits kid boo, but he starts pushing it back. The spirit bomb. Goku uses all of the little energy he has left trying to push it back at Kid Buu, but he is too powerful. After a brief panic, Vegeta suddenly remembers, thank God, that they have a third wish with Perunga still yeah. waiting. I Perunga's mean, I want to like, like playing Candy Crush. Like, he's like, oh, whatever you want. I just want to, like, I want to yell at Vegeta, but, like, man, is there a lot going on in front of him that I almost think I would forget about that, too. Mm. you know mm-hmm. like we already got everything settled out now we just gotta throw the spirit bomb you know i just i get that you know but holy shit what a time to forget you have a wish what a time to forget you have a wish 100 percent. okay ah uh, wow so uh <laughs> he instructs dende to wish for Goku's power level to be restored to his normal healthy level the wish is granted, and upon turning into a Super Saiyan, Goku is easily able to force the spirit bomb back at Magic Boo. Yeah, he, he literally does. just goes like, did you ever play Budokai 3? Maybe. Yeah, uh, it's kind of tough to differentiate between Yeah, I mean, there was a, a there was a spirit bomb finisher that Goku had where he did this exact thing, where he was just like, he does it in normal form, and then it clashes with the enemy, and they gotta, like, push it back. And it, he just turns Super Saiyan and he just goes, Sayonara, and then that's it. I'm just like, it was a cool finisher. I loved that. But, Classic. like, that was this. This is exactly where that came from. And it was just so cool to see Boo struggling with the spirit bomb. And he's just like, 
snarling and just angry and just this pure being of evil getting like torn apart by the spirit bomb and goku's sitting there looking at him just that super saiyan hair and just that smile that goku's got and he's just like that's it boo and just done i'm like oh so cool man 100 percent. ah so as he does so he silently wishes that boo had been a better person and hopes to fight him someday in the future. Yeah, that's one thing about Goku is he just like wishes his enemies would come back. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the worst. A- <laughs> the worst with helping his enemies, really. Yeah, honestly. Uh, but like, I I kind of like why Goku did this. You know, I I used to think it was really weird that this is the only person that he would do this with. But it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense because Majin Buu has shown the capacity to be good. You know, we have Fat Buu right there. You know, it's like, what about if this, this side of, you know, Majin Buu, this absolute power that Majin Buu has, what if that was brought into a person on our side? You know, what would that do for the universe if that was brought to us? And guess what? We find out. True. Got to get into that. Um... The the spirit bomb hits with full force, finally destroying the evil childlike Majin Buu permanently. After billions of years of destruction, he has finally been brought to justice. Yeah, I keep forgetting that it's literally billions of years that this thing has been around. Like, (laughs) it's crazy to think about. Nope. No thanks. Nope. Um, Nothing should exist for that long. Um, (laughs) So, episode 287, Celebrations with Majin Buu. Or in the ocean dub, peace returns. Majin Buu, a champion of justice. So, yeah, I love it. Like, I love Buu. Majin Buu, man. Who's a good guy now, man? He's chilling. Big chunky boy. He's my favorite. I love him. Yeah, you have a fat Buu pop figure, I think. Right? I do. He's so fun, and like, it's he's just such a fun character. You know, especially after he becomes good. You know, because I, I love that idea. One of my favorite tropes is an enemy turning to a good guy. I don't know why. I just love it. And oh, when yeah. Majin Buu started sucker. to turn. You're a real I, sucker from friends to, uh, enemies to friends. I just love it. And when Majin <laughs> Buu started to become good, I was like, yes. Is this how we resolve the Majin Buu arc? Let's go. Yeah, man. All right. So, uh, oof. So, uh, da, 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 Den, uh, the Supreme Kai brings himself, Dende, and Old Kai back to the planet of the Kais. Dende heals Vegeta and Goku for the final time. A weird phrasing. Uh, <laughs> Dende's just like, that's it, you've run out of freebies, next one's two ninety nine. dollars No more of this. Uh, uh, what's your copay? Um, <laughs> Guardian insurance. <laughs> Castle Corp. Um, <laughs> Dende's like I could be getting paid for this shit what the fuck Hercule finds the still body of Fat Boo and asks Dende to heal him so that he won't die Vegeta objects and tell her, tells Hercule to move aside so that he may destroy him Vegeta claiming that it is too dangerous for any form of Majin Boo to survive that's However, a logical thought you know I can see where he's coming from, at least. Yeah, especially her- considering he su- he sacrificed his own life to destroy that very visage of Maj- Majin Buu. <laughs> like- yeah. 
Vegeta, uh, da, 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 oh, sorry, that's the next line. Uh, da, uh, Hercule continues to plead with him. Goku takes Hercule's side, explaining to Vegeta that it was Fat Boo who saved Vegeta's life right before Goku threw the spirit bomb. Vegeta reluctantly agrees, and the fat Majin Buu is healed. So he's like, fine, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, okay, clear, f- f- clear enough. Yeah, he was about to do the, the fucking Ginyu Force thing, where he just, like, knee stumps the rest of them while they're down. Like, Mm. not so good. Absolutely. Supreme Kai takes them all back to Dende's lookout where they reunite with friends and family. Goku tells his family that old Kai gave him his life so that he can stay on Earth for good as Chi Chi breaks down in tears and hugs Goku after like an extremely long time away from him being dead and then being dead alive and then being fully alive and fighting. And now now he's good. Goku spends about 18 minutes with Chi-Chi and then goes off and fucks off to do his other stuff that he does for some reason. I I don't know if we know about that, because in this next section, six months later, they use their remaining wish with Shenron, asking him to erase the memory of Majin Buu from the mind of everyone on Earth so that the good Buu can assimilate into society. That is true. We don't actually know what Goku does in these little interstitials. Six months. Six months. I bet that... You know, he became a family man for, like, a good six months. And like, Yeah, this... I mean, in Super, we see him kind of being a family man. So I Taking out so. the trash and shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? you imagine Goku taking out the fucking garbage? Yeah, he just throws <laughs> it in the fucking air and hits it with a Kamehameha. It's just bro, like... <laughs> bro, how useful would that power be? Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Whew. All right, sheesh. Uh, Supreme Kai takes it all. Yeah, right. Goku tells his family that, okay, we're good. So, episode 288, he's always late. Uh, Colton, they made an episode about you. Um, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I showed up 15 minutes late for the recording with a bag of KFC doesn't mean you get to shit on me for it. I see. The KFC chicken sandwich. I see. It's all coming together now. Listen, man, Um, I need that crispy. I need that crispy. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. Um, oh yeah, in the ocean tub, <laughs> in the ocean tub. You're late, Goku. Everyone, party! <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. Like I just, <laughs> I hate the it's idea. It's upsetting. Of... It's upsetting to think about. Yeah, I hate the idea of somebody walking into a party and going, "Everyone." Party! It's either one of two things are going to happen. Either one, everyone's going to stop. Because it's like, it's such a lame thing to say. Or like, I would be there and I'd be like, yes! Yes, it is! (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, that's so good. Uh, The party switch should now be in the on position. You know what? You you might hate me for this, but I can actually see you walking into a room and saying, (laughs) I can see that being your opening line to a party. You'll be hearing from my attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Episode 288. Um, Bulma has invited everyone to a barbecue at Capsule Corporation. Oh, that sounds so much fun. I oh my know, god, that dude. sounds like so much fun. I would imagine, literally die for that experience, Im- honestly. Imagine, like, Bulma, you know, the nicest, one of the nicest people in anime, being the richest person on the planet and hosting a barbecue 
Like, just... Yeah? She's probably like, yo, I want literally the best food you could possibly have here. <laughs> some, like, some Wagyu beef real quick. Yeah, just... And everybody's invited. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, people off the street? Sick. Come through. Like, just, Let's get it. I don't give a fuck. Let's go. Goku's family is ready to leave. The only problem is that Goku on brand is nowhere to be found yeah of course he isn't a frustrated chi chi and the boys leave without him while everyone is having a good time at the party goku is up on a mountaintop looking after some eggs that are ready to hatch he protects them from a storm and from predators and after they hatch he finally arrives at the party to the delight of everyone what the fuck do you mean? Was the party for three weeks? What do you mean when the hatch? Uh, did you just... <laughs> I, don't I guess know, they said they're already some... to hatch. So like, Bulma he's... throws some fucking ragers, man. Like, yeah. just mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Goku, just this doesn't this doesn't concern you, buddy. This just doesn't. Like, you got, it's weird. It's you got weird. another family. Like, you got an actual family. <laughs> please, buddy. Please, please, please. Um, yeah. No, I think that, you know, you deserve a party. You deserve a celebration after dealing with the massive threat that's Majin Buu and everything working out relatively well. I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, you kind of deserve to blow off a little steam, I figure. But Goku is like, like kind of like a never rest kind of person and yeah i can relate very frustrating um (laughs) (laughs) this must be what it's like to deal with me and my many thousands of projects (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) no no even remote hesitation that was the worst part (laughs) no (laughs) none none needed oh Uh, good Episode 289, our last three episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Oh my goodness. Granddaughter Pan, or in the ocean dub, Grandpa Goku, I am Pan. Oh yeah, this is a cute episode. I just can imagine my whole kitchen just going, I am Pan, I am Spoon, (laughs) I am Air Fryer. Okay, come on. Come on. Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm proud of that bit. So we're good. All right, that was a meteor joke. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta give it it back to you, just so you know. God, is that what that feels like? like? It's what it's like, yeah. Um... Rain, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It is ten years later, and not much has changed. Uh, Much has changed, excuse me. No, that's the complete other opposite end of that. It's ten years later, (laughs) and much has changed. Time to take a drink. (laughs) Just snarfed (laughs) my water. (laughs) Snarfed. (laughs) What what an adjective. What a verb. Oh my god. Jeez. Jeez. Um, much has changed. It, Gohan has become a scholar, and Trunks and Goten are in their late teens. Goku is training with Goten when Bulma and Vegeta, who have a new daughter, Bulla, show up after not seeing him in five years. Yeah, this is cool. I I really like the 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 progression, and I love to see Goten training with Goku. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. You know, because you can see that Gohan had no interest in being a fighter. He's just like, I'll save the world. I'll do it once. 
I don't give a fuck, but like, no, I, I want to be this. I, I want to I wanna follow my own dream. And Goten is like Goku's kid. Gohan right. is Chi-Chi's kid. Like, right. that's, that's just how it works. And Goten's like, no, fuck that. I'm saving the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding yeah. me? I guess it's because he grew up with trunks. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, I mean, if Goku and Vegeta grew up side by side, it'd pretty much be the same thing. True. Goku says that he and Goten will be entering the World Martial Arts Tournament, so Vegeta says that he and Trunks will do the same. The day of the old, the tournament comes, old friends catch up, everyone has arrived to watch. Gohan, who is now married to Videl, has decided not to enter. However, his daughter Pan will fight. Since there is no division junior division this time, she will be fighting with the adults. Both Hercule and Boo will also be fighting. However, Goku disturbs the group by staying, saying that there is someone who is 100% human who can threaten to beat him and Vegeta. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, Pan is four years old and being entered into the adult division. Um, Incredible. I just want to put that as a problem. But also, <laughs> this is... A- <laughs> I just want to put that as a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's a four-year-old, please. I would say that's Uh, a problem. That's a bit of an issue. Uh, But, like, I also thought this was crazy that, you know, Goku... Imagine Goku coming up to you and go, Hey, uh, so humanity finally caught up to the Saiyans. Like, imagine him saying that to Vegeta. Right. Like, humanity caught up to the Saiyans, and there's a human being that could just fucking wipe the floor with us if we're not careful if you wanted to yeah oh my god if i was vegeta i would have had a stroke on the fucking martial arts tournament floor that would have been it man i just okay you know what fuck it whatever just crazy sauce and it also just goes to show you that saiyans like humans or humans like saiyans almost have no upper limit to their potential Mm. So they were just further behind than Saiyans. That's all it was. Saiyans just being pretty much ahead of the curve, essentially. Yeah, that's it. They were just further along the chain. All right, let's do it. The last two episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, we'll do this as a one-parter because the first part of this is... eh, The second part is important. (laughs) Yeah. So So we've got episode 290, Boo's Reincarnation, or In the Ocean Dub. (laughs) Second to last time. I am Oob. Now now 10 years old. The former Majin. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so the seeding draw for the tournament begins. And Goku asks Majin Buu to use his magic to rig it so that he faces the powerful mystery fighter that he had talked about. In the first match, Pan faces an adult man by the name of Wild Tiger. And the four-year-old easily dispatches him. I mean... She's Gohan and Videl's daughter. What did you expect? Like, at, at, <laughs> four? Four dog? at four, my Dude, God. What was Gohan doing at four? He was fighting Frieza. Next. Uh, he was, <laughs> uh, I think it was a little older than that. <laughs> All right. Six. <laughs> Next up against Goku is a 10 year old boy named Oob. Oob is the reincarnation of the evil kid Majin Buu, which Oob is just Buu backwards. Yep. Um, Great. King Yemma poking his head back into the fucking fray. I know. King Yemma apparently heard Goku's wish right before Evil Boo destroyed, and he reincarnated him into a good 
100% human person named Oob. Oob is apprehensive, so to bait him into fighting, Goku eventually resorts to taunting the young boy. After a particularly nasty insult and a kick to the face, Oob has snapped and is now ready to fight. Oh yeah. Alright, so to get through that in order to get to our final episode. Our final episode, man. Yeah, I just... It's bittersweet, you know, because I know this isn't the last of our Dragon Ball content, but no, this is it, man. This is, the, this is the end of the main line Dragon Ball Z. This yeah. is it. And it ends in such a heartfelt way, and it ends with, you know, more of an, an example of this plotline that starts up and leads up into GT. Um, but it also ends with one last fucking ridiculous ocean dub title oh give it to me give it to me episode 291 goku's next journey in the funimation dub and finally in the ocean dub even stronger goku's dream is super huge no i refuse I'm getting a drink. I refuse. <laughs> what the fuck is this? To exi- they're not ending it like that. No, Man, they're not. Yeah. Goku's dream is super huge. Just, guys. Please. It's hyphenated. It's hyphenated. I hate, that's worse. I, it's it's hyphenated. almost worse. It's just... Oh, no. It's nope. No. <laughs> yep, let's no, just... I'm good. And now we can say goodbye. Let it to sink the to the bottom dump. of the ocean. That's, that's it. <laughs> so Forever. Like, Sick uh, of this garbage. <laughs> Goku and we find Oob out begin that to the fight, and it is clear that Oob doesn't know much about fighting. Ay-yay. Yeah. Ah, but as the match goes on, he learns more and more, and more and more of his hidden power is released until he is able to go toe to toe with Goku in his base state without Goku powering up. Yeah. When Goku does power up slightly in his normal state, Oob nearly falls out of the ring, but Goku saves him from hitting the ground which would cause him to ring out or ground out by exactly uh, yeah uh, in the martial arts tournament if both your feet touch the ground it's like the royal rumble like you can't you got to go home like it's done you're out yep um so he saves him from hitting the ground he realizes that oob doesn't even know how to fly so Go- goku decides to stop their match in order to train him despite <sighs> despite friends and family pleading with goku to stay he flies away with oob on his back Goku decides to train Oob to defend the Earth when he is gone. He hopes one day, when Oob's training is complete, they will have a real all-out match with him to test their power. Goku and Oob fly off into the distance with whoops of joy. End of series of Dragon Ball Z. I mean, what an insane way to end this. Hey, I'm just gonna go... Chi-Chi, Gohan, Videl, I'm gonna go train this random village boy. Goku, you just got back. I'm going to go train this random village boy, okay? Goku, you just got back. I'm going to train this random village boy. You don't understand. I blew up the evil him, but now he's good. Goku, Goku say what I you don't... just said back to yourself slowly, please. <laughs> Oh, man, this show, this show is so fucking ridiculous.
is. It's provided us with so many laughs. I love it. I love it so much. And you know what? I can't believe we made it. Like we this made is, it. We did it. This is the grandpappy of all shonens. Like this is. You know what? There's a lot of shonen anime that came out before this, but mm-hmm. this none quite like this. None as accessible as Dragon Ball Z was to a Western audience. And true. As much as I hate to make it seem like that the USA was the fucking crux of the anime boom, no, it no really way. was. Like it, it was because it introduced so many people in the U.S. to West to Eastern anime, mm-hmm. and like it really got people on board here. And then the rest of the world kind of was just like, "Oh fuck, this is awesome!" Yeah. And like we really just took this show and fucking ran with it. Like this was my experience. So many people our age grew up on this. This was our first shonen anime. Gundam mm-hmm. Wing was our first mecha anime. Sure. Uh like I don't know about you, but my first Sentai anime was Ronin Warriors, the anime of the 90s. Ronin Warriors. Yeah. So so fucking important. All of those shows were so important. Can we do a Gundam Wing series? We can (laughs) absolutely do a Gundam Wing series, and we can absolutely do a Ronin Warriors series. Oh, God. I don't even remember the names of the people that I love. Sai of the Torrent, Sage of the Halo, and Ryu of the the Wildfire. Like, what are you talking about? Ryu of the Wildfire. Who was the orange one? No one cares about the orange one. We know this. I did. He was my favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly the fuck not. So I don't remember his name. I didn't remember Ryu's name. Are you kidding me? You have Google. I don't understand what you're doing here. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. (laughs) Orange Ronin. Warrior, I'm not. Cool. I go. hope you've enjoyed this series on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> We're gonna go. end it with an argument on Ronin and Warriors. <laughs> I'm not letting this fucking go. Oh no, wait. <laughs> give me, give me a fucking second. Hold on. Give him a second. Uh, hold on. <laughs> plot characters. Uh- <laughs> yeah, Sa- Sage of the Halo was my boy, man. I love yeah. the green, the green armor. So cool. Kento. 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 Yeah. Of the Kento of the what? Kento Ray Fang. No, idiot. Uh, what is his power? <laughs> uh his power, uh Kento of the Hard Rock? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay, 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 The element of earth and he had this fucking bat with spikes on it. Get yes, he, yes, yes, yes. I remember him. Yeah, My okay, favorite man. I loved him. Uh so yeah, like that was it. This was all of my introduction into anime and Dragon Ball Z was just the right amount of stupid and violent that I needed when I was a kid. And, like, I forged so many friendships through Dragon Ball Z. I learned to draw because I loved how the characters in Dragon Ball Z looked. Same. I, I like, fucking played video... I got into fighting games because there was a Dragon Ball Z fighting game. Like, I just can't tell you how much I adored this show. I have vivid memories of me trying to fucking fly when I was younger (laughs) because all I heard that you needed was a happy thought and concentration. (laughs) So, like, that's all. Like, this show did so much for my childhood, and I forged so many friends through it, and it was just such an important show. And you can see its influence 
everywhere. In every anime that has come out since, you can see it. Naruto reminds me of Dragon Ball Z. One Piece reminds me of Dragon Ball Z. Fairy Tale reminds me of Dragon Ball Z. Fucking mm-hmm. I uh My Hero Academia definitely reminds me of Dragon Ball Z. It's crazy. As well it should, I think, because I think it it left kind of an indomitable will onto anime that I don't really think it has been matched. Like it's no. something that like we don't really I think that so many people take for granted and so many things has been like a, a backbone for something else. Like, but I, I think this is the one experience that everyone can have in common. Yeah, when it, comes it to is. Anime. And you know what? You don't even have to like love the show to go back and watch it and just understand its influence. Like you could go back. Someone who's never watched Dragon Ball Z can go and watch it today and be like, Oh, fuck, this is where all of that started. You know what I think you could do? Like, I think you could host a house party and just, like, have an episode of Dragon Ball Z on with no audio and over the music and just people would just be like, oh, this is just, like, just, like, a vibe. Like, it's just, like... People would be, like... I My my understanding of that would be if I had a house party like that and I had a giant DBZ TV up, I like I would have the the audioless episode. I could see people sitting there just talking about the scenes and just being like, "Oh, this is it. This is the over nine thousand line. This is yeah. like people going over the the lines with each other. Like, holy shit, it's yeah. an experience. Get you know? get drunk and redub Dragon Ball Z real quick. Fucking hell, can we? That would be that awesome. Would, <laughs> that would be so much fun. Like, I just can't express my pure undying love for this show and just how important it was to me. I could go back and watch this. I I mean, I've made, I made the joke in the podcast like six times, but I think I've watched dragon ball Z from start to finish 30 times. Okay. We're just going to do some quick math on that. Yeah. It's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. It's 291 episodes times 30 times watching. That's 8,730. So that's times 24 hours in a day. Divided by, excuse me, I'm not an idiot. Um, (laughs) uh, Colton, I'd like to let you know that you spent a full year watching Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) I I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Whether I just have it on in the background or whether I'm just like, you know, looking it up or I'm just watching it at work, you know. I love the show. I adore it so much. And I can recite most episodes line by fucking line at this point. Terrifying. It's just, it's one of those shows, man. You know, I just, I love it. And it never gets any less entertaining and breaking it down like this and just presenting it all for you guys has made me so unbelievably happy. I can't even describe it. Yeah. It's been a journey, but, you know, we made it through together. DBC is a a big series about relying on your friends and relying on the people in your life. Of course. uh, Going beyond, you know, just sort of like when all hope seems lost, just recognizing that you have your own individual strengths and that occasionally you need to lean on others or tap into processes or powers that maybe have been foreign to you up until that point in order to do what is ultimately the right thing to do, which is to, to save people. Yeah. It, it taught me to really kind of break through all of my limits in life. 
and it taught me in a really stupid way obviously but like at the when you're a kid you're just like oh i can do anything like goku i can (laughs) i can be like goku i can do anything i put my mind to and that's what i think is super important it taught a lot of kids that you know what yeah you got limits but you can push them you can push them and you can break through them and set your own limits i you know man i feel like this whole experience is as close as i'll ever feel to going super saiyan i feel very i know right it, now. it just i feel i feel at peace i feel like a calm washed over me and i'm just like this is this is so nice you know and you know i i hate to i hate to bring it, it bring the mood down a little bit but i just do want to say true. i'd like to dedicate an i'd like to dedicate this episode to the pat well to chris Ayers, who we just lost unfortunately mm-hmm. speaking of dragon ball z powerhouses holy shit dude like i mean with kai being released dragon ball z being introduced to a brand new audience of people we had Chris Ayers doing the voice of Frieza, you know, yeah. one of the most iconic anime villains of all time. And he brought such a life and such a color to it that is unbelievable to listen to. And as much as I loved Linda Young's Frieza, I will I will forever think of Chris Ayers as Frieza because with Kai and with Super and with the Resurrection F movie you can just hear his love for the series. This is a man who watched Dragon Ball Z sure. and said, I could be Frieza. And then one day got the call to be Frieza and is like, oh, finally. <laughs> like, this, is, this is that man, you know? Yeah. And you can hear just how fun, how much fun it was for him to do that. And... Yeah. It, it it makes me happy. It brought color to my favorite anime villain because Frieza's a fucker, man. And yeah. like he's just so much fun to watch on screen. And he, he just made it so much more fun to watch. Frieza's one of the first villains I can remember ever being afraid of. I can ever remember yeah. wondering if he would triumph over the hero. And to hear that there was someone new doing Frieza, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, you know, that makes sense. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll love it as much as, you know, previous performances. And then I heard um, a lot of the Frieza lines that Ayers was, was putting down, and I it seemed like just something had coagulated and something had really solidified in that character, and he was able to present it in a way that was totally brand new, but also was definitely, as you stated... Uh, an homage to the original character and the original, the feeling of the original series and the original voice performance. And I'm sure that Chris Ayers has as many other credits elsewhere, but obviously we bring this up because I think that the DBZ fandom is completely gutted over this loss. And to hear like the yeah. outpouring of support from the other uh, voice actors and uh, the, the posts from uh, not only his partner who obviously uh, to her and, and, Chris's family and friends, we obviously offer our condolences here at the Triforce. Of course. Um, but I think that, you know, if there is so much pain and, and such a feeling of loss, it's because that that actor gave something to that community and gave something to that fandom that it sorely needed and appreciated. 
and I just hope that whatever, wherever he is at, you know, in however you feel about it, um, that that energy just gets to him somewhere. Yeah, and you know what I, I just thought about now in something that you said, that he just touched this community so deeply, that imagine such a deeply rooted fandom like Dragon Ball Z <laughs> getting one of their original voice actors replaced and all of everyone that was on board with the original voice actor looked at this new guy and went, yeah, fuck it. He sounds great. Let's go. Right. Like, when has that ever happened? <laughs> Almost never. <laughs> like, I, that's so crazy to think about. Almost and never. He's <laughs> just like, okay, new voice, Frieza. Fuck it. Sounds great. Let's go. Like, that's so crazy now that I think about it. And I just I just love the idea that, like, you know, the, the, the tweets that came out about it are just so heartwarming where Chris Sabat's like, my, my favorite was Chris Sabat's tweet. He's like, I could see him up there knocking on the gates of Otherworld, coming up with this cockamamie reason why he should be let in. Like, <laughs> I just think it was so funny. You know, uh, I'll have to give a, a shout out to Sean Schemmel's post, obviously the voice of Goku, um, that say that they would uh, that they would fight again in the next life, and that the these two men were such an embodiment of the characters of Goku and Frieza that yeah. even in the the like the the you know the unfortunate you know, message that he's putting out due to the loss of you know a close friend and colleague. It even then has this tie back to this series. That's how deeply appreciated, loved, and kind of revered these characters are. And Goku Frieza is like one of the one of the rivalries of anime. Yeah, that's like if you know any anime, you know Goku versus Frieza. That's that's it. That's just it. So I just I love it, man. And you know, rest in peace to one of the greats. And I'm just gonna. I'm going to close it off with an, all, just a one hearty all hail Lord Frieza. All That's hail it. Lord Frieza. Oh, my God. The most the most fantastic transformation ever witnessed, you know? Oh, God. So cool. A person a that cool character. unfortunately, you know, passed away due to a horrible disease, but it will forever remain um, just celebrated by this group yeah. of people. And Absolutely. I think that as an actor, as an artist, you know, if, if you're if your life is to unfortunately come to, you know, a shorter end than you might have expected um, to, th to know that this work is so, you know, equivalent to the love that was outpoured to you during your life. You know, I'm sure that that is probably pretty satisfying. Of course. It's, it's incredible to know that your, your voice is immortalized forever through this amazing character. You know, I think that's cool. And this I think is... we're pretty amazing characters for getting through this. I think so too, man. You know, like I was listening to uh, like all of our, like our, I was listening to our entire series of this and it's so crazy because we, we started Dragon Ball Z pretty early in the Triforce podcast. Yeah. Uh, annals of history that you can hear how we evolve as a podcast from the beginning of this series to now. Mm -hmm. I remember and... when we were still doing our previews, when I would you know, say last time on Dragon Ball Z, and you would cut together a bunch of very funny stuff before the intro, right? Yeah, that was when I had time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm not going to mince words. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so funny. Like, if I could do my editing in a hyperbolic time chamber, that'd be great. But like, shit. Uh, But yeah, man, it's just so cool to have done this with you. And I can't wait to finish the rest of DB. Oh, God, I almost said DBZ. I can't wait Mm. to finish the rest of the Dragon Ball universe with you, man. Like, I, I just, I don't know what to do next, GT or Super. Yeah. You know, they're both so cool. Vote now on your phones. Go, go to Twitter. <laughs> go to Twitter and tell us how you feel. We'll put up a Twitter yeah, poll. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, I think that should wrap it up, my dude. It should. It should. And, um, you know, if there's one thing we've learned, it's that the balls are inert. They um, are. They are diff- <laughs> That's That's... <laughs> That's it, huh? That's the ending <laughs> joke. Yeah, no. Uh, and and I dropped it so casually. <laughs> That's... It's like dropping the Olympic torch right at the first, like, like a <laughs> couple steps away from it, you know? Which is, we're ending on a 2007 <laughs> meme? <laughs> Sorry, okay. but I, I would change it. But your wish is beyond my power. God fucking good night. <laughs>
She spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On election day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. Welcome to MGP446. I'm Kevin. With me as ever, the sheepdog Anna and Pab. Say hello, boys and girls. Hello, hello boys and girls. Shut up, hello. all of you. We've got important things to talk about. <laughs> Goodness me. Just before we started recording, sheepdog said a sentence to me and it made every part of me smile. Every part of me <laughs> smiled. Sheepdog, would you like to repeat the sentence that you just said? I said um, that you're a very clever man, Kevin, because we got marmalade when we were down at EGX. And uh, just to clarify a bit of the story, I'm not going to paraphrase a little bit here, but I normally have that on toast. And I thought to myself, I don't like having toast for breakfast. It's not very healthy. And then a little voice in my head, like it often does, appeared and said, Sheepdog, put it on Weetabix. So I put it on Weetabix. And oh, my God, it is Amazing. I've been having it on Weetabix all week. Kev's a genius. Kev's Kev's a genius. genius. Ring those bells. What a hero. I have been ruined on the internet for years over this. It's so good. It is good, but no one will even try it. Can I check? Do you use milk? No. No. Okay. I, I tried it both ways and I quite like it with milk and that probably makes me wrong. But Mrs. Sheepdog was like, do you just eat them with it on? And I said, I've tried both and it's both is just brilliant. It's what marmalade should be made for. Exactly. Oh, sheepdog. All these years <laughs> I've wondered why I've kept you around. And now everything has become clear to me. You have a purpose. Congratulations. Sheepdog is here to vindicate my taste in Weetabix and marmalade and confirm that if you try it, you like it. All of you out there, get yourself some marmalade, get yourself some Weetabix, combine them and just be happy. That, they're the steps. They're the steps to satisfaction in life. It's all you need to do. You need to make a song I, out of it. I think I might do. I'm delighted. I am over the moon <laughs> at this development. I don't need to do the rest of the podcast now. I was quite excited to talk about the past two weeks of video games. Because we obviously didn't record last week because we were down in London for Comic-Con. We obviously have that to talk about as well. There's there's all sorts of things we could be talking about. But I'm all for just ending the show there and just having this as the Marmalade episode. Is that all right with everybody else? I mean, as long as we then start recording the next episode immediately and everyone has to ah, download too. You're so awkward. Fine. We'll, fine. We'll carry on with the show. How are we all on this fine week? Are we good? Sheepdog's yeah, great, I imagine. Right, yeah. Just great. <laughs> I do feel great. My day started well. Um, it feels weird being back on a podcast. This is, what, three weeks since I've done one? Oh, of course, you skived off on the middle one as well, didn't you? Mm. So it'll be four weeks for you, because we didn't do four one EGX weeks. weekend, 
you were off gallivanting with your with your little real friends the, <laughs> the next week, and then you were away with us again last weekend. So yeah, four weeks ago was the last time you did a podcast. Do you remember how to do it? Well, I started that that week. I started my morning off gloriously as well because I woke up and I thought, "Oh, it's podcast day." It, it was like half ten, so I knew it was out, and uh, I just lay there in bed listening to it while everyone had their showers. I thought, "No, I'm not going to rush to the shower. I'm going to put Mature Gamer on, and I'm going to imagine what it's like to be Pab when he used to listen to it when he wasn't on it." And uh, yeah, it was very funny. I was very entertained. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We've got the sheepdog seal of approval. Lovely stuff. And yeah, it, and that. Pabby, you just said you've downloaded it all as well. Am I the only one who doesn't download and listen to the show? Anna, do you listen to it no, still? No, God, I can't listen to myself. You say that, but you listen to cranky gamers, and it can't be worse than that. Uh, I can't listen to me though. I hate my, I hate my voice. It's just goes through me. Oh. Pabby listens as well, though. I need to get it downloaded. I want to listen. I want to. I want to experience the joy everyone else gets to experience <laughs> of listening to this podcast. So what have Absolutely. you been up to for a month, Sheepdog? What have I been up for, to for a month? I mean, travelling, driving around the whole country, uh, getting lost. Do you want to have your um, say on the on the incident that we talked about at great length? Do you have anything no, um, to say? Do you have any kind of response? Uh, your telling of it was pretty accurate. I, uh, I think the only thing that I would have corrected was that I actually looked up a postcode. I didn't just like type in Westfield or whatever. I went and got proper postcode and everything. Um well, you didn't Which get did. a proper postcode, did you? You got an incorrect postcode because you yeah, well, just I, typed in Westfield. I did that this this time, though. <laughs> I, I ended up on a housing estate, even though I'd specifically gone to the Westfield <laughs> website and got their postcode for their uh, car park A and everything. I was so like, I'm on it this time. I'm going to get it 100% right. I'm going to get there. And, uh, yeah, I ended up outside someone's house. And I, I'm sat there trying to reset my uh, sat-nav, and this poor bloke was just trying to park in, because it's London, they've all got their own designated house car parking space, haven't they, and I was parked in it, sorting it out, and the look at his face, when he sort of pulled up next to me, and he's just there like, he looked like he genuinely didn't know what to do, like he's never got home and found someone in his parking space before. <laughs> and he was I don't even know how you've me. managed to do this, because thinking of that area of London, we've driven down there loads of times, there's no housing states within walking distance of mm. Where that car park is, so I don't know how you ended up so far away, and I it's don't like, know how you, I don't know how you didn't defer to the signpost once you got close enough for the thing well, to be signposted. I must have been about eight minutes away at this point. There wasn't proper, there wasn't like I'll follow this sign. It just kept saying I was near enough, you know. To I could see things in the distance, so I kind of thought I could probably have just driven there, you know, if I wanted to. I knew I, by the time I'd got to where it was telling me to go, I kind of figured out it wasn't exactly right, but I just needed to be able to pull over and they're all quite main roads and then i just thought fine i'll follow it to the housing estate i kind of figured it would be entertaining to explain where i've ended up but uh yeah it, i was close enough i'd have been absolutely devastated if i'd been another hour and a half away from somehow <laughs> that would have killed me <laughs> that, was, that was my big worry as i was typing in but i knew i was in the right side of london i followed your uh was it a1 m11 is that what it was the a1 basically... a14 m11 yeah, it was very simple. It was good. And on the way back, it was good as well. Just straight straight lines, basically. It was simple. But um, other than that, I mean, I don't really know what I've been doing other than walking around giant fields, uh, watching my friends pull sheep out of fences and getting scared by cows. That's basically the highlights of my trip away, drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what you did with us at Comic-Con. What did you do on the weekend between the two weekends with us? Yeah. Uh, uh... We obviously did our panel, which was very well received by the internet at large, which has been good. We did. I mean, Sheepdog had to... He was the last-minute replacement on the panel. We haven't told that story. 
Um, I had this panel arranged pretty much since the summer, I think. It was one of the first things that we did when we knew Comic-Con was back. They got in touch and said, do you want to do the neurodiversity panel again? And I said, yes, please. That would be delightful. And then, like, four days before we were due to be at Comic-Con, one of the people who were doing it with me pulled out, and try as I might, I couldn't find anybody else and had to resort to Sheepdog. And uh, if he'd have told me the marmalade story, he'd have been top of my list, obviously. (laughs) Uh, But Sheepdog managed to weasel his way onto the panel, and it went well. It was awesome. We uh, we were standing room only. It was all very good. Mm. And, um, I mean, we're waiting for the the full thing to come out, aren't we? We're we're assuming that at some point they'll put it on the internet. Yeah, I did send them an email asking if there's anywhere for for, for people to watch it, but I haven't had a reply yet. I imagine they're done with me now until just before the next one. That's usually how this works. I won't hear from them for six months now, and then they'll be back in touch again saying, so, another panel then? What worries me is I can only remember the opening questions we did, like what that you'd written down. Um, and so, well, I thought I can remember most of it, right? And then um, somebody's made a, a filmed a bit of it from the crowd and put it online today. And the only, it's only three minutes to put up there, but that is all of it I can remember. And I'm like, well, what, what happened for the other 42 minutes? I don't remember any of it. I thought that was in my head. That three minutes of conversation was spread across the whole nearly hour that we were on there. And uh, yeah, now I'm keen to watch it because part of me is worried that I just blacked out and that you lot just didn't notice because you were so busy enjoying your talk and I've just gone silent. I mean, if I, if I ever go silent on the podcast for 30 minutes, that's not intentional. I think I'm talking. I must not be. But um, people people who listen all the time will tell me if that happens. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's kind of worrying. We even got um, Pabby involved running around as the roving mm, reporter of his microphone. You are good. You like a little meerkat. Good. I loved how you'd ask the question, and they'd ask a question, sorry, and then you just walk off. And I thought, I like that, because it doesn't give them a chance to follow up. <laughs> like, there's no way they can ask anything more. Um, and some people would just carry on shouting their answers from the audience while Pab was the other side. But I just thought, no, that's a conscious decision. That is, he doesn't want to mess around. He doesn't want any hogs. And yeah, that's not your first radio, well, is thing. it, Pabby? It's not a question at that some point. It then becomes a conversation. Exactly. You tell him, Pabby. <laughs> yeah. I am... Um, <laughs> I've had the usual Comic-Con nonsense of trying to... I mean, I've realised I am not. I don't approach Comic-Con in a healthy way on the final afternoon because I, I realised I literally made promises to my entire family that I was going to get them all something really awesome, each individual and unique Yeah, why are you like. buying gifts for your entire family at Comic-Con? What's that all about? I don't know. I just, I just told my kids I was going to and then my dad said I could have sort his birthday out there and then I felt like if I'm buying stuff for my kids and my dad, I should probably buy my wife something um until i got myself a book on them after the panel i hadn't got myself anything but my dad stressed me out because he said get me anything batman and obviously the 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 it was so broad a uh a, a thing i couldn't i couldn't think of a, a thing i was like he wants anything to do with batman and then every store i went to had nothing to do with batman or they had like really tacky looking figurines but they wanted 50 quid for him and, I just, uh, and he had to go have a picture of batman and a batarang thing um but I was, I, my daughter did the same, said, get me a, a cool picture. And so I just kept sending her pictures of stools going, which one do you want? <laughs> like, here's this, here. And then um, she picked one at random. And when I went to it, there was just this girl there chatting to the person. And she was chatting and chatting. And I thought, oh, I haven't got all day. Kev's texting me going, we're leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving if you're here or not. And so um, I'm like, hang on a minute. 
And the woman's just chatting away, chatting away, fangirling over this thing. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to find another stall. So I walked away, come back 10 minutes later. This girl was still there, just chatting away, all excited and whatever. And I just went, can I buy that picture? Just pointed at a picture that my daughter had picked over text. And the woman was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so she's getting it. She goes, would you like it signed? And I'm thinking, I don't know who you are. So I'm like, "Uh, yeah, go on. And she's like, do you want it signed on the front or the back? And I'm like, "Uh, what? Like... (laughs) If it's on the back, no one will see it. But do I care? Put it uh, like put it on the front. Oh, meanwhile, this girl's still just chatting away and fangirling over this person she's talking to. And when I got home, I thought I should really look up who that was. And it turns out it was the woman who did all the art for uh, Fall Guys and stuff like that. Um, so she's worked on like loads of games. She's, I should probably not be aware of who she is because I doubt you guys know who the artist on Fall Guys. But you know, it was actually someone worth being interested in. So I like text my daughter going that. That picture I got you was actually made by this really well-known artist, blah, blah, blah. I was worked in tons of games. It's pretty, pretty big deal. Um, but yeah, I feel like I absolutely was Mr. Blase. Just, yep, yeah, I want that picture. I completely wasn't talking. I was in a hurry because Kev's threatening me that he's going to abandon me in London. And yeah, it was a very <laughs> weird, but I feel like I should have probably, if I'd gone up there and known, I'd have been like, oh, this is cool. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I played your games, blah, 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 you know. Um, but yeah, I, I got to look really uh, nonchalant and just like, boom. Give me your picture. I'm off. See you later. And future, do this damn shopping some other point in the weekend because we were ready to go home. <laughs> Why have you well, left that until the last minute? Because somebody doesn't like to be in there on the Saturday for more than five minutes. You you basically go stall to stall at the speed of light on the Saturday <laughs> when we leave. And then on the Sunday, I was doing a panel with you. And after the panel, I needed to do the shopping. I didn't Perhaps expect you to. You should have come down on the Friday afternoon like we did. And you could have done your shopping yeah. then like I did. Well, that is a good shout. In future, I think I will go on the Friday because I, I wasn't sure what to expect. <laughs> yeah, get a lift with you then, maybe. Um, oh, God. But I, <laughs> I didn't you can expect... navigate. It'll be fine. Yeah, it would be fine. It'd be fun. <laughs> you should just listen to me. Even though you know it's not the way, you should have to drive my way and you should just get to experience what it's like. <laughs> drive um... your way, I with your eyes shut and just randomly <laughs> turning the steering wheel. Yeah. But uh, no, I didn't know what to expect either. So I would have probably thought about booking the Friday off. Like I've got four days holiday at work that I've got to try and use by the end of the year and there's nothing to use them for now. So I could have easily booked one of them for that Friday. But I kind of expected it to be like EGX, you know, a very small room, someone's shed, you know, a Commodore 64 trying to run a few old games in a corner. And I just didn't expect it to actually be proper Comic-Con. And when we got there, it was proper Comic-Con pretty much, wasn't it? It was like maybe slightly off, but... It was probably like two thirds the yeah. size of a normal yeah. one, but it was plenty big enough. Yeah. I got everything I wanted. I mean, I said I got everything I wanted eventually, but uh, there was nothing I felt the like. The one I'd thing miss. that was missing was like the big media property stuff. There was no apart. Yeah. Lush had a big stage, but there was no there was no Funko there. There was no section full of upcoming TV shows and movies and video games and stuff like that. It was they had all of the car boot sale stuff there which i'm sure they love me calling it the car boot sale stuff but all of the retailers were there that's my favorite all bit. the comic artists and stuff were there the panels and everything were there but the, yeah the one thing that was missing was all of the all of the companies that weren't at egx just for exactly the same reasons they weren't ever going to come you said about like tv that, but luckily well, you don't rely on that as much at comic-con wheel of time was there and that's meant to be the next big game of thrones yeah, that was one thing yeah i mean Normally, but they had a big stand. loads of that yeah, there was no I mean, Back to the Future car. <laughs> I miss the uh, actual comic stands. I used to like going to Traveling Man and all of that yeah. with a big table. Um, the wrestling shop missed. weren't there either. The guy dressed as the Undertaker from the wrestling shop, who's there every Comic Con, missed him. 
I hope he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you should have took a picture of his bloody company names. You could have just bought them online. You'd have been it's sorted. If store. They, they, had, they did a pop-up shop in London a few years ago. Oh, is it literally they, called that? The got, wrestling yeah, store? Yeah, they've got a website and everything. It's yeah. The company definitely still exists. I assumed you were being blasé with their name, like just calling them the, the store, yeah, the wrestling store. I thought it was just you fucked off. I didn't realise that was literally their name. That's a good name for a wrestling shop. I don't know how they came up with it. They're geniuses. Mm. But um, no, other than that, all I've really... I mean, I have played games, so I can talk about them when the time comes. And uh, I've, I've I bought games. So it's been a month since you've been on yeah. a podcast. No, and no, you haven't yeah. played games. We, when you're getting fired, no matter how much marmalade you eat. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I realised earlier in the week that all the games I had been playing were games I talked about a lot already, but I have played games I haven't talked about before, so that's good too. Excellent. Uh, me and Anna have an exciting new game. It's not a game, but um, Anna has finally joined the realms of the Apple Watch today. Yes, after I have. After me having one for two years and telling her it's better than her Fitbit and her holding out for two years, she's finally got an Apple Watch today. And she's immediately discovered that it's got a walkie-talkie feature in, so she no longer sends me text messages around the house now. I just every now and again get a little walkie-talkie noise coming out of my wrist because Anna's asking me to do something. I'm going to have to mute this when I'm recording videos or it's going to be an absolute nightmare. But, yeah, she's. I got one just before we started, just a little, can you come and move your camera off the table, please? Oh. I'm literally like saying steps over. away from him. Yeah, she was in the next room. But if that's gonna... not a selling feature for the Apple Watch, boys and girls, I don't know what is, because that's brilliant. <laughs> I always wanted walkie-talkies when I was a kid and never had anyone to, to walkie or talkie with. So I never got them, but this is this is fun. Does there have to be a certain version to be able to... Like, if I got a new one, will my wife's slightly older one work? I assume so, yeah. Yeah, I think the walkie-talkie cool. walkie thing's been a thing for a while. Because when I was at co-op, someone was like, I can walkie-talkie you. And I was like, oh, I've got a Fitbit. She's like, no. I was like, yeah, sorry. So she didn't have anyone to walkie-talkie, but um, I can in this house. It was excellent mm. for earlier when I needed assistance with a child. So it was fun. I wonder if it works over the internet or if you have to be in the same place as them. Like, if I go It just said reconnecting, I don't know. Yeah, if I, I might drive to the other end of town after we finish recording and try and walkie-talkie you from there. <laughs> But then I guess I could just make a phone call, but it's just not yeah, the same. Yeah, you see. No, it I don't. I don't want to give you the option of not answering. The joy of the walkie-talkie is it just <laughs> starts. To, it just starts talking. There's no way you can pretend you didn't hear it. You're wearing your watch. <laughs> I know it's coming out of it. Brilliant. That seems really dangerous. Like it would just come up in meetings or whatever when you do something important. But I, mean, I do it on uh, on the Echo yeah. dot. I nearly said the other name all the time. Like. No. I'll just send a little announcement going, empty the dishwasher or put the kettle on. And then I had to move it out of our room because Claire was working in there and I kept sending messages not realising she was on like important <laughs> social worker calls with families or whatever. It's very important stuff. And I'm there in the background just saying like, do you want a drink? What do you want for lunch? You know, all of this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing living in the future, isn't it? It's good. It is. It's awesome. Um, so actual video games then, boys and girls. I'm trying to think what we've done in the last two weeks obviously well, football manager 2022 is out that's yeah. kind of a big deal um but if you want to know about that you wouldn't come here to listen to me talk about that if you want to hear me talk about that on a podcast i've been on the athletics at, at football manager podcast twice in the last couple of weeks so you can listen to me on a podcast talking about it there or did you know i've got a youtube channel and a twitch you can there's all sorts of football manager content on there for you i'm not going to 
go on and on about the new football manager game on here just know that i'm enjoying it so much so that i'm currently playing my first non-series save that i've played in about five years because i just had to have a little go at managing newcastle with their enormous budget so i'm just <laughs> having a little i'm having a little go at managing newcastle now even though it's not for content so i've not done that since pre-youtube so that's a good sign i think question pab is it out the beat is out so if you get okay, if you pre order I thought I'd missed it it actually come out as well. Was, okay. No, if you if you pre order it on PC, uh, the Probably. beta is out. Uh, you can get the beta straight away. Um, if you're gonna, if you're planning on getting it on Game Pass because it is day one on Game Pass, launch day is still 9th of November. Okay. So you won't be able to play it on Xbox or download it on PC via the Xbox app until the 9th of November. But if you're pre ordering on PC, then you get immediate access to it, and you can do that through my link that pabby has obviously put into the uh, mm-hmm. description of this show certainly have good, good work Pab. Um, but other than that i've just played fifa and not a lot else it's been a busy couple of weeks i've not even edited the comic-con vlogs yet we've been back a week because i've just been <laughs> too busy with football manager i'll get them if anyone's really really waiting for them they'll probably be out middle of next week by the time I, i'll try and edit them over this weekend and get them out at some point but it's just been non-stop 24 7 football manager this is my busy time and goodness me have i been busy speaking of the comic-con vlog uh there is a game we were playing while we were there and i didn't hear your response as i left the car park uh kevin i feel like uh stop it monty (laughs) i did i did yeah i mean that'd be a great thing for the for their walkie talkies um yeah i did yell monty at you as we were leaving because we made a very sharp getaway from london because we <laughs> ambled back slowly to westfield had a little bit of dinner at the gourmet burger kitchen and then sheepdogs there giving us score updates of west ham tottenham that's happening like quarter of a mile away from where we are at the london stadium and as we walk back towards the hotel again casual walk back to the hotel planning on sitting around for a bit waiting for pabby to get his train at five, half five we were going to sit with him mm-hmm. like we did for egx and as we were walking back through hear this massive roar from the olympic stadium where uh, west ham have just scored and it suddenly dawned on us all just how many football fans were very very close and we start went to get into westfield and they're starting to block off all the entrances to it and there's loads of police everywhere and we decided with about 15 minutes of the match remaining <laughs> that we were going to make a sharp getaway from the hotel. But that involved us getting all our luggage back. I had to change my shoes because I couldn't wear my cool guy shoes to drive. Um, we had to get out to the rush out to the cars and everything. And while we're doing this, me and Sheepdog uh, having a game of Monty with each other, which is a game that we'd a completely original idea that we'd created the night before whilst playing Mario Party, um, where basically someone says Monty and the other person has to say it louder. And it goes back and forth. It's nothing like a game called Bogies that people keep trying to compare <laughs> Not it to. It's nothing like that. This is good. That was rubbish. Um, so we were playing Monty, and because there's football fans around singing, we could really give it some welly in this car park. It was I good. Feel like my fi- I feel like my final Monty wasn't registered because I literally, <laughs> as you're getting into your car, I plant my feet. Uh, hands cupped around my mouth i leaned back <laughs> took a deep breath and with everything i have yelled monty at you and got no response uh, i didn't hear it no because um because i loaded my car and i shouted it and then i heard you shout it back and i was telling claire that uh, when i left you you were getting your ticket out of your car and i was standing in what i realized as i started shouting was basically a tunnel 
And I just went, Monty. And it was, like echo- it was like rumbling the walls almost. It was so echoey and loud. And all the cars started honking their horns behind us because they thought we were football fans and they were celebrating. And so I thought, well, I see him done. <laughs> I wandered off to my car thinking, Kev's probably deaf now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gutted that I missed your other one. I thought you'd, but I thought you'd driven off by the time I drove off because <laughs> as I was going you nearly drove into me because you were keen to go ahead of me at that bit weren't you you kept yeah, spinning along at a turning well, was, oh, you God. were already in your car when you walked back to me and I banged on your window so I don't know how I ended up getting out first uh, but the best thing you of all of the, the monkey turning, stuff though. was yeah I did I got lost <laughs> um, the best thing was when I got back into the car Anna said was that you two and I'm like do you think's playing Monty in this car park? <laughs> you could have caught on. We had been tweeting about it. Yeah. Oh, it no, nothing to do with us. Someone else is playing Monty, clearly. I really should have believed you. Probably some West Ham fans. Yeah. Uh, then they are known for loving Monty. Yeah, Monty Gobrovich or whatever his name is. Let's make up a name. I chatted exactly. to one of them. Yeah, oh, God. Adam's oh, Adam, you, you are a monster. <laughs> Are you winning? Oh, Are you winning? You say to him, "No, you're in a bloody lift with a Spurs fan." And oh, yeah. you were lucky I, he was winning. I really don't know. As we said to you at the time, it isn't you who would have been getting a fist in your yeah. mouth if, it, if, if he'd have been a Spurs fan. fan. Or if if Spurs had suddenly gone two one up, he'd have thought you were really mugging him off. It was if it had been a Spurs dangerous. fan, I'd have as soon as you said it, I'd have, I'd have immediately turned to Sheepdog and said, "Can you control your girlfriend?" Please? <laughs> just so it's him. Gets the, gets I'd have just bumped. jumped out. I'd have gone. I'd have just left. <laughs> Anna would be getting the brunt of that. I'd have been out of there. God. Oh, that was oh, terrific. Don't talk to football fans, Anna. <laughs> Pays to do that. Pays to give him lip. Pays to be like being. Someone would say something rude to her, and she'd be giving it back. And I'd be like, "Please stop! They're going to beat me up. You're going to be taking me to hospital, and they're going to be going. Why'd you get in a fight?" And I'd be like, "I didn't." Like talking with no teeth, covered in blood. Girls don't understand. But yeah, we got out in time. There was no traffic. I don't have to acknowledge the score because no one spoke to me about it. Jake was very restrained. I feel like it's probably not fun for Jake anymore. Jake body. since West Ham have been better than Spurs, he hasn't he hasn't wound me up about it at all. I've been very lucky. We did find another reason for needing the walkie-talkies on the way back as well, because as we got to just towards Stansted Airport, um, both Anna did send you a message on Twitter saying, Sheepdog, stop for a coffee with us. But obviously you're driving. You're probably not browsing Twitter. Yeah, I got there when I got home and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but if we'd have had the walkie-talkies, we could have just been like... <laughs> Sheepdog, coffee, turn left now, turn left now, <laughs> coffee, you know, sheepdog. You know I'd have gone right, though, and I'd have ended up in the middle of you nowhere. You'd have ended up on a plane. That's why we were trying to send you <laughs> into Stansted. Uh, but, no, it's a very smooth journey. I also got your I'll let you take the lead one. Do you know, actually, I got that one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, up ahead, there was an accident or something, and the road ground to a halt. And I'm looking at my phone thinking... Let me take the lead. I was like, I hope he hasn't been texting while driving, and now we're all sat in traffic because Kev's either being arrested or peeled off the road oh, somewhere. But then, that's when I stopped for the coffee. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I think I did see. Uh, I didn't see that. I saw your message, but I didn't see Anna's message during that bit. Um, and I was just like, that better not be him. <laughs> but oh. it wasn't that long <laughs> yeah, I've crashed the car, and the first thing I've done is said to you, "I'm going to let you take the lead." <laughs> <laughs> not i've crashed the car saying help just oh well you win this one sheepdog <laughs> yeah the race is yours you've won i hope you're happy no it was a it was a great weekend and i want to do it again like all of it every part of it was great i just uh yeah 
it was been a bit well, of a we'll come again in May when it's back again. Excellent. I, I was very close to going to the Birmingham one, but I thought I probably won't get a ticket at this rate, uh, well, at least for free. And I'll, I, I thought I'll just stress out because everyone will expect me to buy them stuff again. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going to leave. If any alone. of our lovely listener folk are going to Birmingham, I will be there for a bit. I won't be there for a huge part of the day because I'm going with one of the Sprogda folk and it's kind of our our traditional November weekend to Birmingham, which we didn't get to do last year, obviously, where we're officially there for Comic-Con, but really we're there for the Birmingham Christmas market, a trip to the Apple Store, and to go shopping in makeup shops for Anna's Christmas present. So we're going to spend most of the day in the Bullring and the Christmas market in Birmingham, but we will stick our heads into the con first thing in the morning and probably right at the end of the day as well for probably half an hour, hour or so each time. So if you're there at either of the extreme ends of the day, you've got a chance of being able to say hello and whatnot. Who's saying whatnot? What not? Just don't whatnot too much. Mm. Go easy on the whatnot. But yeah, video games. I believe I've talked talked about them at length. At length. Um, in fact, I've talked about them for so long. I think we need an advert from Pabby before anyone else is allowed to talk about them. Pabby, do your thing. Atlanta deserves a world-class education system where every student can get a great education. But for too many, that's not happening. Casey Benning is running for APS school board because she knows we can do better. We have to close the achievement gap and provide children with an education that prepares them for life. Casey Benning will demand accountability, increase transparency, prioritize classroom safety, and provide greater educational opportunity for our kids. And Casey's ready to lead now. She spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On Election Day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Vacasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. Oh, I love Pabby's thing. Good work, Pabby. Um, right, you lot, talk about video games. And don't stop until you've got no more video games to talk about. Wise words. Um, I'm going to jump in with... Uh, I played WarioWare Get It Together because uh, I'd been told to get the demo and yeah. uh, I got that. And then um, my my little man saw that it was on my Switch and was like, I know that. Oh, I want his that penis. for my birthday. Just so he's got it for his not birthday. about his penis. <laughs> Um, and uh, I don't know. If, I can't remember. I mean, you might have spoken about it before, Pat. But it feels like something mm-hmm. you are careful to play. Yeah, uh, but it, it's basically like the game equivalent of Bop It, isn't it? I mean, bloody hell! Uh, I was, I've enjoyed <laughs> it. I'm not very good at it, as you can imagine. But it is just like it starts. <clears throat> do this, and it's like <laughs> you're giving me three seconds to think. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, escape, and you got to go through a puzzle. But uh, yeah, what a cracking little game that is. I feel like. Um, I'm nervous because Ollie's not played it yet because it's not his birthday yet. But I've been playing it just to, just to check it out. You know? <laughs> it's just to test, just to test it. And um, 
You are a monster. I feel like he's going to get upset with it. <laughs> I just feel like he's going to find it stressful. I don't know if there's like an easier option or an option to say he's a child or whatever, but I couldn't see it. But like it was like, I, yeah, it, it's brutal. I don't know. I feel like this is going to be going. He's got a little pile of games he's asked for for his birthday in the past that have just it's almost like they he's excited about them. And then he's disillusioned Gets them and never them. plays them. Well, sometimes he doesn't play them, but like sometimes six months later he'll play them or something like that. For example, he got Animal Crossing at Christmas and literally played it the day he got it, put it in like a shelf. And then suddenly about a month and a half ago, he's meeting up on FaceTime with my sister playing Animal Crossing every day and getting well into it and loves it. And, you know, he he mentioned to me that he's got Tabadachi Life, but he's played that like three times as well. And he was saying he might get back into that. So, yeah, when he asked for this, I thought this is going to be in that pile. But... I, I just said to Mrs. Cheapdog, I was like, I'm going to play this so it doesn't matter if it doesn't, because I would have got it anyway. <laughs> so she was like, whatever. Yep. So play it, I have. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It is good. I don't normally like kind of, I can't think of the right word, like puzzly point scoring games. And my, at the moment, I've not been that good at it that my point scoring is very high. But I can imagine it being the kind of thing if, if Kev could see a leaderboard, he'd become hooked on it. He'd, he'd sit on the toilet just seeing if he can get like 50 to beat bouncy or something do you know what i mean um is there a leaderboard on it that i can see other people because again i haven't noticed that Ooh, if there is i do not know maybe feels like a missed opportunity didn't it if i can see that you've done i mean i, I don't feel know like it's all be. local that's all that game oh, it's, it's, that, it's a game that, that that's the thing about that game it's all it's, it's co-op based you can play that co-op yeah yeah i thought the two-player bit would probably work do i have to have a copy of it in my switch to no it's not local you dog but right, you don't cool, need two okay. switches, so it's all... Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I suppose two Joy-Cons. What am I saying? It's through the TV. I'm, yeah, I'm playing Joy-Cons it handheld, so... Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So that could be some reason that we could get him to play it with me on the telly and all of that, um, so that he does get some mileage out of it. But, yeah, I've been playing it handheld. That's why I wasn't really thinking about it properly. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm surprised you haven't got this, Kev. It feels like it'd be right up your street. I've been busy with Football Manager. I didn't even know it existed. Uh, it's been out a little while, hasn't it? It's been out uh, since the start of September. I feel like right, you okay. didn't tell me it existed, Pab. I feel like I talked about it on the podcast that came out on the 11th of September. <laughs> episode 441. Uh, five five probably, episodes probably, ago. Probably wasn't listening. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, people should get this. Lewis told me to get it on uh, my stream and I was like, ah, I don't know. And then, yeah, I regret saying no at the time really i should have just jumped on it um i don't really know what more to say it's just tons and tons of mini games it throws them at you at random before i haven't no um are they always like this so it's not just like a mini game in your one character it's like it'll pick with different characters have different abilities so one woman throws a boomerang and the one guy swings off of things he stays still but he fires like almost like a grappling hook type jobby and mm-hmm. so some of the puzzles are nearly, nearly impossible with, with the wrong person aren't they i mean or at least i i got one where the grappling hook guy had a a, a stone ceiling and he had and all the grapples were above that and it was like well how the hell am i supposed to grapple anything if i can't get through the ceiling and maybe i had to hit them away with the grapple and it just it was you know the yeah, thinking was yeah. too quick i had like five seconds to do it but uh yeah there's been a few times where i'm like okay this seems like it's the wrong pairing or sometimes, sometimes a... you've, but there usually is a way to do them. But some some games are optimized better for certain characters than others. Um, but I do like the versatility, versatility, 
I think the yeah. fact that, that you there are effectively multiple games that can be done in multiple ways to kind of make yeah they had like a they had a get in the you know escape in a helicopter one and as the character I first did it on I was like well that was just jumping up a couple of platforms that was pretty simple and then I had it again with another with the lady who throws the boomerang so it was again I just moved but I, I, I thought what. And then I had it with the grappling guy, I think. It's just, yeah, I've had it a few different ways. It's like, oh, it actually gets really hard with some of them. There's no way you yeah. can do it in the yeah. timer unless you're really good at it. Because it's, as I say, it's like Bopix. It's throwing it at you so randomly. It's just saying, escape, climb, shoo, jump, you know, guess, or you know, which one. And I mean, yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's been out for a, for a while, these games, Sheepdog. They've been there. There's like quite a few of them. I think it originally started on the Game Boy Advance, maybe, I want to say. Um, but there was a, a couple of years ago, there was a WarioWare Gold that came out on the 3DS, which is effectively a greatest hits. Right, And that okay. one is, is very... I, I picked that up for a fiver, I think, maybe at the start of this year, I want to say. And that one is very good, because that, that is literally all of the the best mini games that have, that like from most of them. Um, so if you're still if you're still looking at something WarioWare based and still have a 3DS for that matter, um, give it a look because it's uh, it's well worth it. Yeah, cool. I just had a quick look. It's 15 quid on Amazon at the moment, but no, I mean, you can shout. I mean, keep an eye. It's very yeah. good. I mean, in the meantime, I'll play the new one. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool though, and uh, I, I don't know whether it's something I'd want to stream because I'm not good at it, and I think I'll just end up being too preoccupied sucking at that to talk. But we'll see. Um, the other thing that I've played, uh, which is more recent, uh, I got Age of Empires Four. Oh, it's out, isn't it? Which, yeah. Have you lot played that at all? Have you touched that? No, it's not my type no. thing. No. I bloody love it. I bloody love Age of Empires. I was so excited when I realised the date and it was out. I, it's like one of those things. I think I just saw the date and I was like, hang on a minute, Age of Empires 4 comes out. Like, annoyingly, I saw today's date. Age of Empires 4 came out yesterday. And I was like, hang on a minute, didn't Age of Empires come out on the 28th? And uh, so today I, w- I went on there in my lunch break, saw it. So I've been downloading all day and that's all I've been doing. My, my kids and wife went out to watch fireworks this evening while I sat playing Age of Empires <laughs> because I don't really want to stand in the in the cold watching stuff explode. I want to I want to basically reenact the Battle of Normandy. Yeah, battle, the Battle of Normandy? Not the Battle of Normandy. What am I saying? What is the battle called? Battle of Hastings. I couldn't think of a bloody word. It was the Normans attacking Hastings. Yeah, I was reenacting that. Um, it has a, a campaign mode where you can basically play through... Uh, William the Conqueror's invading Hastings, going up north to attack Yorkshire and generally becoming the King of England, which is very cool. It's got all these like cinematic videos in between. It's got very beautiful looking graphics, especially with my graphics card. And, and uh, yeah, it's basically just like the old ones, which is what I want. You know, you're like, you, you start with your little village, those villagers, they get the meat, the gold, the stone and the the wood and they build stables they build arches they build houses they build this that the other you just go to war with other empires i had the danes attacking me and saying they'd leave me alone if i gave them 300 gold and i thought now i'm just gonna wipe you out um it's just it's just really good it's it's been great i'm I'm so happy playing it because it is exactly how i it's like how i remember it but upgraded so 
I don't have to sit there and faff with with walls that don't line up properly because it's a bit, you know, cack or whatever. Um, you know, think the AI is listening to me a bit better. It's just it's just enhanced everywhere basically, and yeah, it's on Game Pass. So happy days again because this is one where I would have bought it and I'd have been well, I wouldn't have bought it straight. I'm stuck at the moment, right? I pre-ordered the new Pokemon game coming out in uh, November, the one coming mm-hmm. out in January. Got got Ollie the uh, WarioWare game, which is Ollie. Got it for Ollie for myself, and got him something else. I can't even remember what I got him now. But I was basically like, I bought four games this week, and then I remembered Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out, and I was like, no, <laughs> like I probably wouldn't have pre-ordered the January game now. Um, and I know I don't have, I don't think I paid for it now. I can't remember if I paid for it. I wouldn't have paid for it now. No, damn it, no. Didn't think that through really. I think I just assumed I'd paid for it now. Um, but anyway. I was like, I can't get that. I can't get away with getting that now. And then uh, this being out as well, I'm glad it's on Game Pass because otherwise I would have been struggling to justify getting a fifth or a sixth game um, in the same week. I mean, I know in in the Chapman household, that's called a Tuesday, but in the Sheepdog household, (laughs) I I get frowned upon if, uh, you know, the kids are trying to buy shoes or whatever for their school stuff. And I'm there going, no, I must buy more. Not that I'm saying that's what happens with Kev, but (laughs) in my house, that would be what would happen. It's either or. And, uh, you know, it's... We don't buy shoes for our kids. I did. I bought him shoes the other week because he went through them on a scooter. I don't buy shoes for our kids. No, I do. Exactly. Yeah, so... um, I felt like I was clearing my throat to make you stop talking, and that wasn't the case. I just, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, no, it is just really cool. I'm, I'm slightly, uh, I've not had enough of a, 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 I haven't gone to the distant future on it, so I don't know how far it goes. And I can't really remember how far Age of Empires tended to go. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I should, I can Google it now. What era does Age of Empires go up to? Um, because I, I remember in the old days being able to stick a car in there with cheats and stuff, but mm-hmm. oh, you know, I it just them. it doesn't. It seems to be less, at least because I'm playing a campaign. It might be that it's restricted a lot of stuff. But I remember there being a lot more trees of research that I could do and pay to unlock things and upgrade things and stuff like that. And it, where I am at the moment, there hasn't been as much of that that I, you know, would have expected there to be but again it might just be that it's restricted it says there's eight civilizations in the release so english chinese mongols um french uh the holy roman empire and i guess the campaigns will be a bit more i mean it it really laid on the history if you want to if you have a kid that's got to learn about the battle of hastings stick them on this it literally talked through how uh i think william felt he'd been promised he could be king of england and uh, Harold then stayed king and was like, no, nah, you're all right. And then the Vikings attacked, so he went up north and then William attacked from the south, so we had to rush back down again. And it goes through all of the kind of bits and pieces like that and was talking about how the battle took place and talks about the um, tapestry that they make. And yeah, it was just interesting. For I mean, I I, I must admit, I pressed escape a couple of times. I was like, no, I kind of already know this. I've been, I was in Hastings like two years ago reading stuff about this on one of my lad trips so i was a bit like i know this escape but then when i got to the william v harold battle harold did win and <laughs> basically changed the course of history <laughs> and had to restart um i don't know whether it was just i i suddenly panicked because i thought well surely i have to get an archer to kill him that's that's historically accurate and my tinkering around trying to be accurate 
undermined me. And the fact I was taking pictures on my phone and talking to my mates about it, um, going, we were there on holiday and all this. I realized that I'd lost the battle. William was dead. And I was like, whoops. But no, it's very cool. I, uh, again, recommend getting it on Game Pass if you've got it. If you haven't got Game Pass by now, you're not listening. Or you haven't got an Xbox. But if you're not listening, listen. Get Game Pass. It's like £11 a month, I want to say. And That's the ultimate. I, That's with PC as well. Yeah, and I've just updated my um, my internet. On the 8th, I'm getting new internet. Uh, it's going from 40 meg to 1 gig. And as part of the deal with BT, they're giving me a year's Game Pass Ultimate for free. So I don't have to pay for it anymore, which is lovely jubbly. 12 months of that. So if your internet's due... There's a little tip, because uh, that's useful, you know. That's all I've done, really. I've, I mean, I played loads of I'm Minecraft. I'm very clear. I said the three of you talk about games until you have no more games <laughs> to talk about. I was going to say, Minecraft, Kev, I am at the point now, right, where I can't, I literally, I have to find a cat, and I have to electrocute a village. I got, I got a trident the other day. I built a massive, great big trident farm in the sky, uh, massive uh, drowned farm, sorry. Uh, the day I built it, I got hit by loads of tridents, but didn't manage to get the, the drowned with the tridents to die. I got killed. Um, stood at it for, like, I've left it AFK for ages, only got non-trident drowned, got killed at sea about a billion times, and then the other night I was rowing home and it was getting dark, and a, a bloody drowned was throwing tridents at me, and I couldn't die because I had all this stuff on me I couldn't lose. So I, in the end, I, I frantically got to land and stabbed it to death, and it's tried and fell <laughs> off it, and I was just absolutely delighted. We've finally, between you, me, and Smoothman, even though you and Smoothman haven't played in ages, have finally got a bloody trident on this save, uh, on this realm. But uh, yeah, it meant that I've I've resurrected the dragon and looked at it through a looking glass. I've done so much stuff now, but I'm at these really finicky ones where I've just got to throw a lightning bolt in, in rain at a villager and it's not raining. I've got to find this cat, but I can't find it. You know, I've got to protect a villager from lightning in a, in a storm, but it's not raining again. And uh, yeah, there's issue like four or five things I need to do to be a Minecraft master. And I haven't really got the energy anymore. I think, I think, I think um, if Is I don't new update out yet, the, it's, the caves well, thing. I I've read about it. They're adding frogs in tadpoles. Um, what else are they adding in? Better treat like new trees, new wood, uh, an ability to stick a box in a boat and have a boat box. That you it says coming November. I'm looking at yeah, it now. Yeah, so I need that to happen, really, I guess, because then that'll keep it going. I'm kind of at the point where I'm thinking I probably won't stream it again after, at least like, I might do one more. I think I might actually put a vote out and just say, should I play Age of Empires today or Minecraft or. I've even talked about doing when Football Manager comes out on uh, Game Pass. I will do Football Manager streams for a bit until Pokemon comes (laughs) out. Because uh, I feel like I absolutely humiliated myself trying to play it following the chat. I basically didn't just play it myself. I just listened to chat too much and ruined Tottenham even more than they already are. And I wouldn't have played the Spurs if I was just doing it myself. I'd have played as someone low league and, you know, see how I got on. But yeah, I figured I was chatting to, to. my 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 stream people and just someone said to me have you got the football manager beta yet and i was like no i haven't and i'll get it on game pass and then um yeah i'll just play that till pokemon comes out so it'll be 10 days worth of football manager streaming maybe not exclusively for 10 days straight it'll be just i don't know four or five times in that 10 days but yeah we could probably get i mean how long does the season take these days could probably get through a season in that many couldn't i um 18 to 24 hours Hmm, okay, I might try and work that out then to 
see if I can just do a full season on stream and then jump straight into Pokemon. What I don't want to happen is that by the end of it, I'm such a wildly popular Football Manager streamer that I can't play Pokemon on stream. That'd be my luck. Um, but yeah, I'll do that for a bit and see how we go. So yeah, Pab and Anna, you can uh, take over from me because I've done what Kev asked. I have talked until I can't talk anymore. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I haven't played a lot because I've been with Kevin and I've been asleep. That's me. A lot. Um, but I did pick up Borderlands on the Switch. Um, well, I played. Did, yes. I did. It was only £13. And I thought oh. it was um, Borderlands 2 and um, pre-sequel. And it's not. It's the first one, pre-sequel and the second one. So I haven't got the pre-sequel or the second one just because of space. And we were away. But the way it worked with my copy is you get the first one on the card and then the other two are downloaded so you have I to see. like be connected yeah, yeah, to the internet them. and i didn't have enough internet to download them all because i was in london i only had 4g i told you connect to me i had 5g in that hotel room oh oh well never mind silly goose we're home now i can do it at any point um, well, I think we should go back. No, but I only played half an hour of it um, just because of tiredness. But what I did play of it, it's very smooth. Um, yeah, it's just like playing the first Borderlands on a big screen, on a small screen. It was smooth and the it like there is this like one bit like in the very very first area when you get off the bus normally you there's like a building and you can jump on the top of the building and get the chest up there that took me a good minute just trying to get up that bit of um bit of the building like in the, in the normal game you just hop up but i don't know the switch just like wouldn't quite get there i did get there finally but oh my god that took a while but apart from that it's fine um there's just there's no I like having the vibration of the guns and yes it has a bit but it doesn't have controller like our big controllers vibration just felt a bit off but it was fine like if you like Borderlands and you're going away it's 13 pounds in store um it's like I saw it on on the on the like the Nintendo, so it's still like forty quid. I was like, I'm not paying forty quid for a game I own six times now. <laughs> six. <laughs> I have a problem, but that was fine. Um, and then this week, <sighs> did we talk about Far Cry? I believe we did. I've now deleted that off my system. I just oh, can't. Really? Bother. Yeah, I just can't bother with it. I I just don't. I just don't want to play it right now. I know, I've, I've heard that, you, I haven't checked my email for a couple of days, but I know Ubisoft are sending people uh, emails saying, oh, you've only put like three hours in, you can do better than that. So I haven't checked my email, <laughs> but apparently they're very passive, aggressive, going like, come on, play the game. But I, I just can't be bothered with it at the moment. It, I just, it, felt, it felt too hard and I just want to shoot, I don't want to have to think about it. But I did buy Guardians of the Galaxy game, and I swear to God, if you like Marvel and you like Guardians of the Galaxy, this game is a must-have. But do not play it on stream because you can't have the music, and the music kind of goes Why? with the game. 
Apparently, you can't have the music on. Well, it depends if you're carefree like me and just do it anyway. Ah, I see. Kev Pab's tells... not afraid of prison. I'm a bad boy Twitch, no me. Kevin tells me I have to turn it off so I don't play it on stream. But, oh, this game is so, so good. Like, I don't even know how many hours I've played. I, like, I put in about six the first day. And then I've put in, like, another three. And, I, and I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. It's bright and it's fun and there's things to do. So it's not all just like shooty, shooty. You go around, you've got puzzles to work out. You've got the back and forth. The characters are just, even though they're not the characters from the film, their essence is there of Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's my, like, my favourite like Marvel next to Spider-Man. Spider-Man is like my first, but then Guardians of the Galaxy... And it's just excellent. It's so good. Like, there's, there's just there's so much there. I'm trying to get Kev to go and buy it and play it because it's, like... I'm a little busy this week. I know, but, like, we we I bought Avengers and that was just a bit... Eh, it's all right. It's not great. This is just a play. You don't have to think about anything. The, the I like the fighting because like each one like so you are Star Lord and you have your like special moves but then you have your other team members and yes they're fighting but then you can activate their special abilities so you've like, got Groot who can like hold people in place and then when you've done that you can get Rocket to throw in a grenade and because they're all rooted to the ground they all get damaged or die and then you've got Gamora who can like jump up high to things that are hanging and, and cut them down or cut down an enemy that's out of your reach or uh what's the other one? What's his name? Drax. Drax. That's it. Drax, you've got him who can just like pummel people to death because that's what he does and they're all just played like beautifully. Like they've all got the the guardians stuff <laughs> like and i really enjoy it it's got a great soundtrack and yeah if you like marvel and you like that and you like guardians go and get honestly go and get it it's been getting good reviews not just from like the big people but just from like normal everyday people i know pab's been playing it <laughs> Perfect so. example of a normal everyday person. Yeah, I've seen like I've seen like big people play it, and they're going actually this is quite good. Like it the is the monocle on. It's like really the good. caviar. I assume she means fat people when she's saying big people, and she's just being nice. <laughs> no. The fat like, people like, and like the thin people both access, like it. Or I don't know. It's the only people I've seen play it, but like. It's so like it's so good, so good, and I really am enjoying it. But I have like I haven't played it on stream because I've seen people not have the music on. And then after that, life is strange where there was no music during the music scene, which was two in the first episode. I was just like, I should buy this game by myself and just play it away from streaming because that drove me insane. But. Yeah, buy it. It's really good. Um, but that's it. That's that's all I've played, really. I've just been having sleep issues. So I've been asleep for a lot of the time. But over to Pab. Pabby! Yes. Um, 
Um, yeah, I've been playing Guardians of the Galaxy on and off stream. Um, my initial thought was, let's just let's just run the risk and see what happens. What's <clears throat> what what is likely to come up in this? Um, it did result in me uh, talking over a lot of ban. stuff. What do you say? Permanent Twitch ban could be one of the uh, things yeah. that could come from. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought like, right, Pav would be the first to get banned? Uh, that you were taking let's, bets. Let's delete. Let's just not do a vod of this, this one. Let's see what we get. And then it just resulted in me talking over a lot of things. Um, there wasn't tons of it, to be fair. There wasn't tons of it. Um, but there is, there is quite a lot of music in the game. And I don't think it's... I think it sets the tone, but I don't think it's necessary. Um, which resulted in me then take, taking off the... Or putting on streamer mode, whoever it was, to stream some more of it. Because I thought, if I'm going to play it, I, I thought I'd do it as a one-off and not go back to it and play it on my own time. But I just wanted to play it again today. I just wanted to play more of it. Um, that's how good it is. I've been enjoying it a lot. So I thought, okay, well, let's just put it in stream mode then. And there is substitute music in there. It does substitute the music. Oh, for... okay. So there is music in there. Um, and it, it doesn't... It does, it's not a big deal. It's not as nice as it is to have music in there that you know and what have you. I don't... I genuinely don't... I think it's in... I think that bit is its downfall a little bit in the sense of... I feel like they're putting the music in there as to say... You remember this? Do you remember this? It was in the eighties. It's from the eighties. Do you remember this? And it's it, it it it's it's nice to to have that there, but I genuinely don't think it needs to be there. And the stream mode is more than adequate. So if you do want it, if you like, say, if you wanted to stream it, or if anyone wanted to stream it, or what have you, the the, the stream mode is more does does work fine, and it 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 plays fine with it on. Um, How far are you in? Eight hours. Where are you at? Nowhere. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I've played multiple chapters multiple times. Ah, okay. Um, trying, I've been trying to get the the costumes. Yes, I <laughs> I'm, like I'm getting them. This. We are playing it with the full Guardians of the Galaxy Marvel movie costumes, full outfits. I've only found like I found loads, but I've only found one that's two from the movie. At the I moment. found them all. I, did, I had to go back and find them because I initially thought about this, and the first one is in in chapter one. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh god damn it! Okay. So I did the entire chapter again. I then did the entire entire chapter three again because that's where I was at the time, and I thought, well, I can't just. I feel like I've just got to play from chapter three, and then I did the entire chapter three, and then it, it just ended. And took it back to the main menu. I was like, what? So then I was like, okay, click on, press continue. Mm. And it just took me to where I was in the story where I'd finished. I was like, oh, for God's sake, seriously? I thought, <laughs> I, thought I had to start from chapter three again. But no, you don't. So right, I've got, I think the last one is it in nowhere, the start of nowhere, um, which is uh, Peter's outfit. I think Rocket's. Rockets is in chapter one. Uh, Groot's chapter two. Uh, but there's loads of different outfits, com- isn't there? 
Gamora. Oh, there's tons of outfits. There's mm. tons of outfits. So many different cool outfits. And it's probably all different outfits that reference, like, outfits that are in the comic books. There's all, like, full Nova outfits. There's a whole... The whole story is based around... I don't know. A lot of Nova, Nova Core stuff is in there. So if you're a fan of the the Nova stuff, then there's there's all this that stuff in there. Um, the gameplay itself is fine. The gameplay itself is just fine. I feel like the enemies are bullet spongy a bit too much, and there's, the 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 combat seems to go on far too longer than it needs to. <laughs> so like you kind of you kind of find yourself into like. More often than not, you're kind of like, tun- like funneled into a kill room. Mm. And then you just, everything's kind of blocked off from you. And then enemies just kind of filter into you a few at a time. But it just kind of goes on too long. And it's just like, this is, I didn't, it, the combat isn't amazing. It's it's serviceable, but it's fine. You, you When you like order your, your team around and to do different moves and what have you, that's pretty good. Um,. But I just felt like the, the the combat stuff just went on too long. I was like, okay, this is it. This is surely it now. And then another six guys, six like enemies roll out. I was like, oh come on, seriously, we're doing this sick <laughs> still. Um, but yeah, it's been fine. The story stuff is pretty good. I, I I'd say the story is pretty good so far. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Like I said, the 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 back and forth between the characters and the the banter that goes on between them, like the. The, the stuff between like where they when they're on the ship and they're just talking and then he'll just he'll just shout over to to rocket and just just you just hear him shouting and you listen to rocket down the corridor going what <laughs> and there's just a back and forth like shouting down the ship at each other and stuff like that is just really cool and yeah i i really like that it, it very much is it does have that that guardian's vibe of it, it captured it to me it really does have um, you got your pet? No. Mm-hmm. From the first no. chapter? Maybe. Okay. I don't remember. Hey, no pet for you. <laughs> I'm, not do- I'm not doing chapter one again. I've already done I it know, twice. I thought, I thought it was like everyone got it. Maybe. All right, we'll chat on again another time. I don't know. But, okay. um, yeah, I've done... Uh, it's... I do like the fact that, like I say, I found it the hard way, but you can just go for it. You can. There's a chapter select screen mm-hmm. there, so if you have missed something, like I had a guide up to find the find the the, the movie outfits because I was like, I want the the movie outfits. As soon as I turned it, there was movie outfits, and I was like, okay, have I missed any? It turns out, yes, I have, and I went back and got them. But I really like nowhere. Nowhere is nowhere is very cool. Um, I lost a lot of very, money. I don't know how it. <laughs> looks for you on, on ps5 um i don't know if ray tracing is on the consoles i know it's on the pc and I, it works i don't know i'm on it's, it's, it looks console. amazing it looks absolutely amazing on the pc oh are you playing um, on pc yeah yeah well, ah, well, i bought it because okay. it was cheaper on cd keys it's like what how much of how much it was 70 quid or it is on the piece on the consoles and I was like, oh it was only 48 for me oh was it i don't know i don't know but yeah. it's digital so you got i've got to pay digital so, um, it's probably full whack. I might be sixty. I don't know, but it was like thirty-two, I think, on PC. And I was like, for a game I don't know one hundred percent is good. I'm mm. only hearing like things of like, because it has it, 
it's got a generally a good rating, but it's also there's either people that it's like it's very much a Marmite game, I think, where people either love it or they hate mm. it. And for one of them types of games which can go either way, it's like I don't want to pay full whack for a game for this. Even though I'll probably enjoy what I enjoy it. So <laughs> I've got it on PC and I'm glad I did because like I say the ray tracing stuff works superbly and it's it looks amazing. Um yeah, that is a very good game, and I have. Enjoyed, I, I just want to play it all the time. Yeah, same. I, I, I finished. I went on stream on whatever it was. To, no, Wednesday. Uh, because Tuesday it said it was available on Tuesday, and it took an hour to. It said it was wasn't coming out till five p.m. on Tuesday. I was like, well, that's great. And then did that, and it took a, an hour to verify the files, so I didn't get to stream it on Tuesday. So I assumed on Wednesday. That evening, I just pretty much. Finished stream, had something to eat, and then came back and went straight back on it again. I just wanted to play more of it. And I feel like that's just all I've wanted to do. It's one of the few games that's kind of grabbed me and what and like got me wanting to play it consistently. So that's a good thing for me. The game before that, though, the game that I, I kind of feel like I've been constantly going back to and picking up and wanting to play over and over again has been Metroid Dread. I really like this game. I really like Metroid Dread. Mm -hmm. I don't like Metroidvanias in general. Yeah, you do. You love them. It's all you talk mm -hmm. about. No, I it don't. is all you talk about. No, I don't. I find myself playing them, but in general, I don't really like them. They're going to start calling them Haptroids, but them. I like them a lot. I like this one Haptroid a lot. Haptroidvanias. This one is very, very cool. I like playing it a lot. I find myself, I can just pick it up, have a quick wander around They're the map sort of in. thing. And then just just stop what I'm doing, find a save room, save it, turn it off again. And it's just it's just the exploration of wandering around this map and just trying to figure out what it wants from me. Especially when I mean the Emmy zones aren't great. The Emmy zones add attention to it where you just got the the robot chasing you around the around the area for a bit. That does that is a bit stressful at times. But once you've dealt with one of them Emmys and the 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 like the entire like map is free to roam sort of thing then becomes a thing of okay let's poke and prod at this map until we find something that we need like upgrades or ways to other areas like teleportation pads or transport to another map altogether and that's what i've enjoyed just wandering around finding stuff and figuring out okay what ability do we need for this this needs this ability okay let's go back to the first map. I've just unlocked something. Let's go all the way back to the first map and see what I couldn't do there and just prod it and just look on the map, see what we've got, see what needs needs to be unlocked and we'll just go through it. And it's, it's I've just really, I've really found myself just enjoying it. For Like I say, in general, I don't enjoy them. I don't normally like this sort of like backtracking through games. I just want a game that is keeps me on rails, holds my hand and tells me a really nice story in general. <laughs> but this one's kind of doing the opposite where it's just kind of letting me go and wander around a map and I've got to kind of figure out where I need to go. And But it's just naturally, progression is just kind of pushing me in certain directions and I unlock an, an ability, a power or an item or something and I can then think, oh, I is does that work on this door back here? I was like, probably does. Let's go and have a look. I like it a lot. It's a very good one of those games. If you like Metroidvanias, 
if you like Metroid games, this is a very good one. Um, but yeah, I think that is it. For other, other than that, that is pretty much all I have played as well at the minute. Been a relatively quiet couple of weeks, really. Well, I guess we'll wrap the show up there then, mm. boys and girls. Um, don't forget, as ever, you can follow us on all of the lovely social media places. You can follow the show at MGUK Podcast. You can follow me at Lelujo. You can follow me at Sheepdog6K. I miss Lelujo. And I'm Hab1986. And we will see you next week, boys and girls. Bye-bye. Have a good week. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're a homeowner, it might surprise you to see the list of items or scenarios your current homeowner's insurance policy doesn't cover. And that's just in regard to your home. The parts of your lifestyle like boats, ATVs, motorcycles, horses, or dogs, for example, are almost never covered in a standard policy. And that precisely is why you need a true umbrella policy from X-Insurance. Our true umbrella policies work with your current policy to fill in the gaps. So what your insurance company isn't covering will be covered. We provide superior customer service and offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your insurance agent call us. We'll review your existing policy, identify your exclusions, and then write a custom X-Insurance true umbrella policy that covers you and all of your assets, giving you true peace of mind. And after all, isn't that what having insurance is all about? For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Vacasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earns you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. We all know how severe storms can be. It's one reason we're investing in a more resilient power grid, using a balanced mix of hydro, solar, and nuclear power to deliver the carbon-free energy you need when you need it most. Georgia Power, powering tomorrow, today. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. The future is here and it's cookie-less. If you're a marketer, you're probably not reaching as large an audience as you could be. To increase conversions, you need advertising software that's built for our changing digital landscape. With Viance DSP Adelphic, marketers can plan, buy, and measure their results all in one place. Give your brand an average of three times the return on ad spend with Viant. Get started today and take advantage of 0% management fees for your 2021 campaigns at viantnow.com audio. Terms apply.
I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Picasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earns you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of Talk About Games. It's time to talk about <laughs> games. With Ryan and Mike. Hey, Ryan, did you know that we have a theme song now? Oh, I do. In our old Talk About Game show, did we have a theme song? Well, we did, but we didn't share it with the audience. Oh. <laughs> <We> would... <laughs> I forgot about that. We talk about games. Yeah, we talk about games. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's what we're doing. We're talking about games. It's the Halloween season. Oh, boy. Look, I have my my Friday the 13th hoodie on just to show you how Halloween-y I am. And I have just a blue thing on because I'm dead inside. And what's more Halloween than being dead inside? <laughs> He's, are you cosplaying a victim? <laughs> Just yeah. uh, we have several games today. As you can probably already tell, we've got a bunch of Splatterhouse games out. Now, what... This is one that isn't mine. So what's this one? This is Splatterhouse 2 for... That's the, the Japanese MSX? Splatterhouse 2. Oh, no, this is uh, Mega Drive. Yeah, so oh, that's, that's cool. the that's just the Japanese cover. Yeah, so that's Splatterhouse 2. I'm going to be talking about Splatterhouse 2. I played the American version of it. And it's a tough game. And uh, I've also got here Splatterhouse 3. We can talk about that. This is the Xbox 360 Splatterhouse, which I haven't played the, yet. Um, but people are very divided on that one. Everybody's like, oh, you got you to gotta play that one. And other people are like, don't play that one. Fuck that one. You know, it's it's one of those Zelda 2 situations, you know, <laughs> where it's very divided. Um, but before we get to that, yeah. first of all, I'll tell you my game is Clock Tower okay, for, get, for PlayStation, which we are going to talk Tower. about. We will get to that. But what I wanted to talk about is I, I had never played it, but I played it to prepare for this episode. Yeah. And that's I played Wampaku Graffiti or the Famicom Splatterhouse. Okay. And I thought, I've always thought it was cool. And for the longest time, I didn't really know that it fit in with Splatterhouse. I didn't really know much about it. Because it, like, people call it Wampaku Graffiti. Exactly. But it is Splatterhouse. Um, I, I've played that game quite a bit before over the yeah. years. Um, and I honestly, I think that's my favorite of all the Splatterhouse games. It's, yeah. It's a little easier than, than the other ones. And it doesn't really have the same vibe because it's more... I'll tell you what it is. It's like with Gradius. You have Gradius like three or something, and then you have which would be like Splatterhouse two, right? And then you have Parodius. Parodius. So Parodius basically would be like Wampaku Graffiti, which isn't a bad thing. Like I like cute 'em ups and you know that kind of thing. A lot of Nintendo games or Famicom games don't have a lot of character. It's very straightforward. It's oh, you, you go left to right, A jumps, B shoots, whatever, and it's very basic mm-hmm. this game has so much character and it has very basic control you jump and you use your axe 
and you move left to right and that's it. Later on you get a shotgun too. Okay. Yeah. But the the fact that the controls are so limited, there is a lot of strategy to it. There's a lot of situations where the enemies have projectiles and you could choose whether whether to dodge them or to temporarily take them out of the fight by by hitting them. Mm. And sometimes it's good to do it and sometimes it's good to just dodge. I mean, I can't think of a game that's more Halloween than that game as far as old um games because it's just it's got like pumpkins all over it and and ghosts and zombies and dracula and they it's a mishmash of everything that you can think of when you think of horror and halloween but to top it off like the gameplay is really fun and it's just like a really quality game and it's a damn shame that we didn't get it in the u.s like like we should have because it's like it's a top shelf nes game there's like like i said before there's so many nes games where you're like come on really Mm. but this game the sprites are big and colorful. Everything's expressive. There's fun little story segments that don't take away from gameplay. There is bosses where the the difficulty and the thought of fighting the boss is based on like mechanics in the game. It's not like they just throw a bunch of bullets on the screen. It's like it's like no, how do I beat this guy? I have to think about it with my limited tool set. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I love all of it. I remember um, there, there's a boss fight where there's, like, turkeys flying out of an oven, and it's very much, like, you have to know uh, exactly what to do. Like, you got to hit the, you know, uh, knives out of the way and then go hit the, the turkeys and whatever. I think, that like, at the end of the game, I want to say the final thing is, like, a pumpkin that you got to kill. It's been a long time since I've beaten that game. It's just a shame that we didn't get it, like, in the U.S., yeah, it's um, when I fought that boss because because I I I got reasonably far into it, but it's definitely a game I want to come back to and, and fight more. When I got to that boss the first time I fought him, I didn't hit, I I didn't think you could hit the knives. Yeah, and when I started punching the knives and knocking them out, I get really aggressive. Yeah, but don't get too aggressive. Like this is a game where you have to conserve every health point. Yeah. There's enough, like, candy and things to get health back. That's the other thing. It's a Halloween game, candy for health. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, mem- I remember this game. It's, like, easier than some of the other Splatterhouse games, but that's not that doesn't mean it's necessarily easy. Later in the game, you get, like, the shotgun, and I remember you have to do a lot of, like, pretty difficult platforming. Yeah. Uh, later on, like, you have to make it, like, over a bridge and stuff, and, like, you can you can fall down and you have to, you know, get set back to the beginning. And it is one of those games where, you know, you can make it to a boss, and then when they set you back, you go back to the very beginning. And one of the things that I really like about this game, probably actually I like it more than Splatterhouse 2, is the fact that you get limited continues. Um, I, I think, think you, you get four. You get, like, four or five continues. Yeah. And I like that because if you have unlimited continues, it's like you're going to beat the game as long as you keep playing right. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, whereas everybody says Splatterhouse 2, like, oh, that's the hard one, Splatterhouse 2. But Splatterhouse 2 is infinite continues. So I was I was playing it, and yes, it is very hard. And if, if you tried to do no death or something, it would be, like, super hard. Right. But the fact that it's unlimited continues, I was able to beat it because you just keep playing it, and you eventually you figure it out and get through it. One of the things I like about One Pocket Graffiti is – there is more conventional platforming in it. I think the other Splatterhouse games, it kind of gets kind of samey in terms of, you know, you're moving through rooms in the house, you're going left to right. I mean, there's like the boat and things like that, but 
the platforming in it in regular Splatterhouse. There's there's stuff on the ground that will deal damage to you. Yeah, oh yeah. But like there's spikes that come up. Yeah, but it, like to me, it's hard for me, and this might just be me. It's hard for me to find out like where I'm supposed to jump. It comes like, through trial and error. Yeah, exactly. In this game, it's way more clear what's bad, what's good. Yeah, in yeah. Lampaku Graffiti, you don't. It's not as particular. Yeah, it's just more like a classic side scroller type of game, and, and right. I find that that makes it more fun. Like I said, I think Wampo. Juan Paco Graffiti, that's like, I, I think it's a better game, Yeah, personally. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want, want me to get into talking about Splatterhouse 2 yet, but, um, like, Splatterhouse 2 is, like, I like it. It's got, like, beautiful graphics. All, and, in fact, actually, honestly, all, all the, Splatter, the Splatterhouse games look great. And we shouldn't, you know, go too far into talking about Splatterhouse when, you know, first mentioning, you know, it was an arcade game yes. originally. And... But most people, I feel like, knew Splatterhouse from being on the TurboGrafx-16. Yeah. You know, it's like one of the big TurboGrafx-16 games that people talk about. Right. Um, and that game's good, but I feel like the later ones made it, like, more interesting. Yeah, so when the TurboGrafx-16 was going out, um, there was, like, uh, Toys R Us ran this bundle. And the bundle was like, we got to get these games out of here. We got to make more room for Genesis and yeah. Super Nintendo. Man, I miss Toys R Us. And Toys R Us had like, you get a TurboGrafx-16, you could get like 16 games. I think it was like 16 game deal. Yeah. And I think like the big titles that were in there, it was like Air Zonk and Box Adventure and Splatterhouse. Like it was a very like limited set of titles, but yeah. they were all like really solid. Right. And I go to my mom, I'm like, hey, hey, mom, um uh I would really like this this TurboGrafx 16 bundle. And she's like, no fucking way. Man. Isn't that funny? I I remember going you know, go to the toy stores back in the day. And yeah. Like, sometimes you'd go and you'd get something, but a lot of times you wouldn't. Uh, right. I remember specifically because a lot of times I'd go to Toys R Us or something or KB yeah. and be like, oh, can I have this toy? And then your parents would get it for you, yeah. and that was great. But it was always it was always the worst feeling when you go and your parents right. wouldn't get it for but, you. But they're like, they're like, you have a Genesis. You don't want that crap. You want this crap? That's the one that they're like clearancing out. Your parents out. are like Genesis like fans. They're, they're like, like fans. You have a fucking Genesis. What do you want with this turbo what do you graphic want, shit? <laughs> what do you want with this? It's like bonks on Nintendo. Like, what do you what are you talking about? Right? They they were like adamantly against it. And I think it's because they were like the beta VHS wars had happened. Oh. So like beta VHS was like the console wars for my parents. Maybe so they didn't want to spend the money on so the like, console. They're like, you got to pick one. Yeah, you, you got you got to pick one. You got to support your your team. Yeah, right. Um, I I did end up. You know, I was a Super Nintendo kid. That was the one I got first. But like, I wouldn't have come close to playing a game like Splatterhouse if I didn't have a Genesis. Like, it opens up this whole other other type of game. Yeah. that you don't get on Nintendo. This is not, not a really. Nintendo game. Oh, no. It's absolutely like a Genesis or TurboGrafx game. It, <laughs> like, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like TurboGrafx and Genesis had more of that, like, not adult, but it was like for teenagers. Right. Not for children where Nintendo was more for kids. Yeah. You know, like under you're under 10, you're playing Nintendo kind of, kind of deal. Um, and I felt like, you know... That made you want to play. If you didn't have it, it made you want to play those Genesis games. Oh, it's got blood and it's got gore yeah. and all that stuff. And that's probably, I mean, maybe that's 
why we didn't get some of those games on Nintendo, or they they had Wampaku Graffiti for Famicom in Japan, but we didn't get on NES. Maybe they thought it was too. It was. It I was mean, the, too the much. vampire in it in the beginning on the first level is giving the middle finger. That's, yeah, that's a problem. That that yeah, that would be a problem for Nintendo. They just edit out the pixel. He just holds up the. There's so much of that though. Yeah, going from from Famicom to NES. There's yeah. so many things where they make changes. Well, how about the? Um, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's like the Patton Kun game, which yeah. is like a general Patton thing where it says insert into fucking box. Yeah. You know that? I, I have a copy of that. It's for, fa- it's for Famicom Disk System. Okay. And it's like, but that game sucks anyway. It's just like tanks going around. It's like whatever. But uh. but when it, when it's a shame, that one doesn't matter because the game right. sucks. But Wampaku Graffiti matters. It, also, none of this matters now because you can just download a fucking emulator and play any right. anyway. Yeah. So it like this conversation is like a conversation to be had in uh, 1998. Right. It's like, boy, I, I, you you know. And, but that's the thing. Speaking of that, like like Wampaku Graffiti, like that's one of the few games that people knew about. Like before emulators were big, and before I think people would see it in magazines, they'd and be like, see oh, it. I play that. They would like, like, like there was there was like conversations about it. And it was always like, like on the periphery for me. Like I, I, I knew of the game the very early on, but I didn't play it until now. Yeah, which is which is crazy because it wasn't it wasn't really clear what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's fantastic. If you haven't played Wampaco Graffiti, you definitely should. Um. It's a shame we didn't get it here. It's a. It's a. It's a very fun game. Um. But I want to get into talking about uh, Splatterhouse yeah. Two a little bit. So Splatterhouse Two, for one thing, I like the cover. It's got like it's got al- like alien. Yeah. You know. And uh, so he's back again. Rick's back again. And I was like thinking about like the plot of it. It's like whatever. I talked to my chat about. You know what's the plot? It's just it's just the same shit again. Like they take Jennifer okay. to hell. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the plot. Yeah. So he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. They take her. The demons. And the, shit. Whoever. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah. And, and then he puts on a mask and becomes and a big goes. guy yeah. and he goes. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's like it's like you take Mario and you put a mask and some blood. That's the story. Yeah. Pretty much. So. um the graphics are phenomenal in this yeah. game. Uh, it's a beautiful game to look at. Yes, you get like the club kind of like, I mean, they, they even show it on the cover, but in the game, you'll get clubs and stuff. And the thing people remember from Splatterhouse is you take the club or the two by four and you whack the enemy and they splatter against the wall. But this game does other things too. Like when you're fighting the bosses, sometimes you'll kill the boss and blood will splatter on the screen and stuff like that. So I like that they really. It does have a lot of gore. When you kill the enemies, you take a, like a club and you like bash their brains in, and then they go into like a puddle on the ground and stuff like that. And it's uh, it it is a lot of fun. The the problem with this game is, um, I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want, and when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Picasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. 
it's tough, but it's the reason it's tough is because it's very particular. Yes. And it's um it's not that the controls well there is something that's bad with the controls. There's okay. a slide and doing the slide, you have to like jump in the air and then hit diagonally down and right to like slide and it's so like a like a hadouken motion it's very hard to do yeah it's the kind of thing where it should you know when Mega Man slides it should just be like that yeah yeah it's but it's not it's like broken so the controls are bad for that but fortunately like i didn't really use the slide and i was able to get through the game anyway so it's like you don't really need it anyway but what the game's issue is and why it's so difficult is um because it's very particular you got to know um exactly where to stand this game is all about positioning. Um, so I'm going to give an example from another game. So he, if you ever play Battletoads, there's a boss on Battletoads. I, I could use a million examples. I, but, I, I've played Battletoads. Right. I just wanted to let you know. I've played it. I know you've played Battletoads. But um, <laughs> so on level eight of Battletoads, there's a robot. Yes. And the robot bounces up and down like yeah. this. And he's jumping all over. And when he hits the ground... You have to be in the air because if you're yeah. on the ground, when he hits the ground, it shakes and then he like punches you or whatever or kicks you. I I hate that. In Mega Man X, there's there's an enemy that does that. Yeah. And the timing of it is so precise. Now, you don't take damage, but the timing of it is so precise that if you jump just as he jumps, nah, that's right. too early. So I'm, I'm just using <laughs> that as an example. Of, yeah. So on that, like, you got to know certain things like, oh, I got to be in the air here or I got to be in this certain position. I got to be on the right side, not the left side here. It's very much like that where right. you have to be exactly in the right space. In this game, there's a part where you're on a boat. Yeah. And there was like a sea monster in front of you and, you're, and he's throwing like daggers or something at you and you're supposed to grab the yeah. daggers and chuck them back. But you have to be at the right height when you throw the dagger back. So if you jump really high, it's going to go over his head. Or if, you, or if you're if you standing on the boat, the you tentacle it, will hit it. It's going to go underneath. Like you have to just jump a little bit yeah. and, and toss it. And it's kind of hard to do. So everything in the game is all about positioning. And I think that that's what makes this game hard. There's other monsters in the game where they're like, there's like these purple slug kind of, um, what do I even call them? Like, uh, I don't even know what they are. Like uh, mud monsters or something that come okay. out of the ground. And you have to they they'll spit at you, and when they spit at you, you have to like be far enough back that you're not going to get hit by. Then you then after they spit, then you got to know to go forward, club them, and then like keep moving. And it's very particular, and it's like it's kind of annoying. Yeah, where that's when I feel like oh, I'd rather play Wampaku Graffiti because it's just it's so. Like, you have to know exactly what to do or you're going to die. Yeah, I, I noticed from your playthrough on uh, Twitch that there are points in time where it's like, okay, there's going to be, like, two chunks that come at you from the bottom. So I want to be there so I can hit them. Yeah. And you kind of just need to know that they're going to come from the bottom. Now he's going to come from the right. Oh, now he's going to come from the yeah. left. And if you don't do those things, like, you can't dodge it. You're, you're just going to get hit. You're going to get... So what it is, is it's a trial and error game. Right. And I guess where the fun comes in is if you play it over and over and over, you can get to the point probably where you can get, like, really good at it. And you know – then you know exactly where to stand I, or where to be. And that can be fun, but you have to like that kind of thing. I watched a speed run of this game. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you watch it 
everything is memorization. It's yes. all muscle memory. It's all. But when they do it, it makes the game look stupid easy. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. Not not when you first play it, but there's a lot of games like that. I feel like Castlevania is like that. Yeah. Like, I've gotten to the point um, where I was able to beat Castlevania without dying and stuff like that. And Castlevania is the same, like, way. It's, like, knowing exactly where to be, how to jump over things. Like, the knights in Castlevania. I was about to say, the yeah. knights with the Medusas. Right. When you – if I go up there right before the Grim Reaper – with the knights and the medusas. People will look at that and be like, wow, you're awesome at games because I'm dodging the medusas and the knights and I'm and chasing them. And you have the holy water. You jump in the air, you chuck the holy water, it's going to hit the ground and it's going to kill that shit. Yeah. Like, but the first time you play that, you you're don't like, know any of that shit. What do I do? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, but it looks really cool yeah. when you do it, right? Yeah. But it's really more about knowing than like your skill. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there is skill There's required. Skill, but timing and stuff. It's that there is skill. Yeah. It's, it's like it's both. Yeah. And those are my favorite games. You know that it's like you have you have to have the skill and you have to have the know how. It's like you right. have to have everything. Ninja yeah. Gaiden's like that. Right. You know. Yeah. I lo- I love watching people play that. Yeah. So this game though, uh, it's be- it's beautiful to look at. They did a fantastic fantastic job, like on on the visuals. Um, I can't remember too much about the music. I don't think there's anything to stand out about that. But I mean, it, it's a splatterhouse game. I don't think it's you know, um, hey. when you, because when you think of Castlevania, you think of all that great music. You don't really think about amazing music too much. It's nothing wrong with it. But I'm just thinking to myself, I don't really like recall any tunes from it. I I think it's funny that like if you take horror games, they're kind of in two two like columns. There's like games that are into the gameplay and it's more about like thematic mm-hmm. and then there's games that try to scare you mm. like with jump scares or like creepy things like this has some like gross out stuff but it's all very like like you have power yeah you're not you're not powerless no not at this. all like, like rick's a badass rick's a badass you're a badass you you belong there yeah like like we're gonna you're gonna beat them with a bat you know <laughs> It's not. It's not like uh, you're scared and you're yeah. running or you're. There, there's powerful forces. You know what this game is? This is this game is the original Dying Light. Yeah, because you're just going around bashing people's heads in. And right. shit. Like, <laughs> that, that's where what it, what it is. I like that. And then I should briefly at least mention uh, Splatterhouse Three. Splatterhouse Three. They took the same. I didn't play this recently, but I know that they take they took the same formula sort of. And no, well, no, they didn't. They they mixed up the same formula and did something a little different this time, where. This one's more like time based, okay. Where you gotta make it to the end uh, quickly, and the, like like we were just saying, how like you can become sort of a perfectionist at it and get better at it, right? The better you get at the game, the quicker you can get through it, and then you get a good ending if you can get I see. really quick enough, which I think is kind of cool. So there's like a countdown and where you are in the countdown, and this also has like a map system, so you know yeah. which rooms to go in and stuff. So they, I like that they did something different with it, um, but. I'd rather play Wong Paku Graffiti. Yeah. It's still, it, this is not, these are both like pretty good games though. Right. So, yeah. I recommend any of these games, right. honestly. So you brought it, but do you have anything to say about the 360 game? Uh, I haven't played it yet. You haven't so, played it? So the, the only reason I brought it is because everybody brings it up whenever you start talking about it. And they're like, oh, you haven't played that the 360 one. And some people love it and, and a lot of people fucking hate it. Right. And I don't know why yet because I haven't done it yet. So okay. I'm just letting people know that I have it. It I know exists. About, I know about it. But so I coming to, it to a stream near you Eventually. at some time. Yeah, maybe. Sometime in the future, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
I brought a game that is all about being scared. Snip, snip. Snip, snip. Snip, snip. I brought Clock Tower. Yeah. I was gonna bring Clock Tower for Super Wait, Nintendo. wait, wait. Before you get into your game, though, I, ha- I have one more game to talk about. Okay. And this is, it's way scarier than any of this shit. Okay. Okay, so I want to The game of life. Well, that's the most scary. That's but, the most scary. But oh. Have, have you played this Konami game? This Let is by Konami. <laughs> so, Mike just handed me a game called Breeding Stud. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about uh, horses. Okay, that's it. Joke's over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's no, funny. So, I, I got this. So, why did you get it? What's I the story? Was, I thought it was funny. Oh, yeah. I was playing a lot of shitty horse games on Wii. Yeah. And then I stumbled on this, and I was yeah. like, that's fucking funny. But what's even funnier about the fact that it's called Breeding Stud is the fact that Konami, like, yeah. Made, but, I mean, it's just like a fucking well, horse they, game. They, when they made that game, there was no way. They didn't. They It wasn't going to no, come out. It no. wasn't going to come out here. No. no. Dude, they probably have a slot machine of that game that they make, like, billions of dollars off of. <laughs> Like, like you know, you the, you go to you go to Japan where casinos, uh, uh, pachinko or whatever, and there's probably a row of breeding studs there for you to play with. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it was terrifying. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm scared. I don't want that thing near me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank it's you. Gone. It's gone. All right, so clock, clock tower. tower. So, so we were sitting down and for the concept for this episode, and I love the look of uh, Scissor Man. And I thought that, you know, Clock Tower is a game that, that people really care about. Um, the original Clock Tower came out on Super Nintendo, did not, a Super Famicom, just like Wampaku Graffiti, didn't come out in the US. There's fan translations, you can download it, but I don't really recommend that. Well, wait, Wampaku Graffiti is on regular Famicom. It's regular Famicom. And then this, and gets, then this is on Super, Super Famicom. Famicom. But they're both unreleased in the United States. Right, right, right. right. Which is the point. Um, so I was like, I'm going to play that. It'll play really well with Splatterhouse because they're both classic games. So you're going to play the Super Famicom the version? The Super Famicom version. Okay. So I started playing it, and, you you know, I I think this is a game that probably has a great story. It probably has a lot of tension with Scissor Man and all of that. Um, I couldn't get through it because it is so slow. Yeah. You walk like this very slow okay so i spent four and a half minutes in the first and is it room. like a d-pad like clicking on stuff yeah mm. you move the d-pad i don't know if it supports the super nintendo mouse probably should if it, if it doesn't but it doesn't really matter because your character like the mario paint mask. Yeah, yeah your character walks so slow and the music is good. It's creepy. I've watched playthroughs of it. And when you watch playthroughs of it, you're like, boy, I would really want to play this game. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to play that. But I still want to know about Scissor Man. And I'm like, I'm going to go all the way up to Clock Tower 3 on PS2 if I have to. I am playing a Clock Tower game. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I didn't have to go that far because I played Clock Tower on PlayStation. PlayStation. Right. And Clock Tower on PlayStation is Clock Tower 2 in Japan. Okay. It is a direct sequel. It's in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Clock Tower 2, there is a sequel to this that is called Clock Tower 2 here. You know what I see on the box? It says, yeah. um, I don't know how to pronounce it. ASCII. It's, it's ASCII. Yeah. I have that controller. The little the ASCII. The, the, the Yo, hand. okay, check it out. So in the in the box for this, 
There it is. Yeah, oh yeah, there it the is. The ASCII there. grip. This yeah. is the one-handed uh So this is a game you'd use it for. Yeah. This is a game you'd use it for. Okay. One-handed RPG controller cuz PlayStation has a lot of uh JRPGs. Um I know So I have a question about that though. Yeah. Like I'm totally fine with that. Like I could do that and, th- yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But why? Why not just use the regular controller? What's the difference? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Uh I can't think of a reason. To be totally honest, because you're gonna jerk off while you play Clock Tower with, the, I with sure, one hand, and then you're gonna play the game. With I the other sure hand. hope not. I mean, that's the joke, right? That's the joke that everybody makes when they talk about one-handed controllers. But <laughs> I, I have no idea. But no, maybe you're like, flipping you know what through. I mean, though? Maybe you're maybe you're flipping through the strategy guide. I, you know. Oh, you got the you got the Prima strategy guide over here, and then you got the, your controller over here. Is right. that the idea? I, like, I don't even get it. I don't know. And ASCII made some good controllers. Actually, the ASCII ASCII uh, six button turbo pad for Genesis. Yeah. No, I'm not shitting on that controller. Yeah. I think it's a fine thing. I just you could do this or you could do this. It's right. Like, why, yeah. If it's, you already have this controller, why buy that? It's re- well. Like, one thing I have to say is the uh, L1. It's literally so you can jerk off. You think? What's because tell me honestly, I'm like not even trying to make a joke. Oh uh, well, what, okay. So, so you can watch TV and have your so, con- remote control in your other hand. So there are yeah, but you're playing the game on the TV. It doesn't make sense, R- right? The uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, trigger buttons, L1, L2, R1, R2 are at the bottom. Yeah. So if you had a game that was like big on the trigger buttons, you might do that. You know, it's it's kind of almost like this controller would be a cool controller to do like a fighting game challenge. <laughs> you know they do like the ones where like they use like the DDR pad or yeah. whatever and they fight. It'd be interesting to see how people deal with this, right? Because like you, it's have like to... when I, I joke about like oh I'm going to beat Ninja Gaiden with an Atari controller or something, right? Or stuff like that, yeah, like, like that kind of thing. Anyway, I'm getting we're getting way off. We're getting way here. off. So so ASCII published the game. They made the controller. That controller would work fine for this game because this game is not. It's a point and click adventure, and in this game. It is you start in a like a research lab, like an academic place mm-hmm. where they have the girl from the first game and she is being uh, hypnotized to try and find out who the scissor man killer was. OK. And this game is a game that is meant the the developers built it because they they meant it to be played multiple playthroughs. Do you think that they were thinking about Edward Scissorhands, or is that a stupid thought? No. Wasn't that popular at the time? No. So the mythos is is that it's like a, a murdering child. Okay. Like a kid. Yeah. And, it, like, there's not – like, he just holds the scissors. Mm-hmm. I think they just wanted a unique weapon to make it visual. So, so it's different than And so he else. has a name. Like, Scissorman's cool. Right. Like, if – if if you came to me with a bunch of like VHS tapes and we're like we're gonna watch a horror movie and and it's like Scissor Man oh yeah it's a guy with scissors that's creepy it's more about like like Leatherface has the chainsaw Michael yeah. Myers has the knife Freddy has the glove and he's got the scissors yeah that's that's why yeah yeah so so the weird thing is there's actually two characters that you could play as you could play as Helen and you could play as Jennifer. Okay. But there's no character select. Is it Jennifer from Splatterhouse? Uh, could, no, no, it's not. She's she has no, dark hair. <laughs> no, it's not. Shut so, up. <laughs> so Jennifer is the survivor yeah. of the first game, and although I, I think her name is different in like the fan translation I played of the first game, but anyway, she's the survivor. And the way you pick 
which one you're going to be is at the very beginning, you play as the doctor and he goes away. Um, but there's a guy in the hallway. Okay. And if you talk to him one or two times, you play as Helen. But if you talk to him three times, you play as Jennifer. Okay. And you find a hint later in the game. There are 10 hints that you can find that have it so you like tell you things about the game that you might want to try on a future playthrough. Yeah. And it's like it's like a hint that's pretty far in the game. Oh, you pick your character by doing this. You know, I have to say, so I But it's really Ryan, bizarre. Ryan has a copy of this game behind her. Here's Ryan's yeah. copy. I brought this um just because I didn't know you had a copy of it. Yeah. But um I have owned this for many years. I went through a phase years and years and years ago where I just bought up PlayStation games. Right. I've never played Clock Tower, but I've always right. heard about Clock Tower. Yeah. But then when I would look at it, I'd, I'd think, I don't know if it's my type of game. Don't play it. Because I don't... Don't play it. Okay. Okay, so this game is really like a... I like the character. Like, I yeah. like Scissor Man. He seems cool. It's It's a pioneering game in terms of, like, storytelling and like multiple endings and it's a cool story and it's a fun horror thing and all that. The gameplay of this game, it's better than the Super Nintendo version. The gameplay is not very good because I'm going to tell you about all the gameplay right now. Okay. Which does not affect what ending you get. Doesn't really affect anything. It's just something you have to do to see the next story. Okay. So in the game, you can walk around and there are two modes there's when Scissorman is chasing you and when Scissorman is not chasing you. And when Scissorman is chasing you, you can walk to avoid him. And as long as you stay ahead of him, he moves very slow. I mean, is this game, the whole point of it is suspense because he's af- coming after you? Yes. Okay. So it's like they could do an alien game or something in sure. the sky with like a so, Ridley on the ship or something. So when he's chasing you, you find a place to hide. Or you find something like a like a fire extinguisher to squirt him with or something to stun him. And if you stun him or hide, he goes away. But the thing you use to make him go away, you can never use again. Ooh. So if I'm in this one room and there's a fire extinguisher or there's a locker that I can hide in or – I saw you playing it for a minute and I know that, that he was coming after you and then you hid in a bathroom – can't you hide to make him now, go away? Now, if I hid in that bathroom again, he would bust through the door and kill me. So you get to do it once. You get to do it once for each thing. But that runs contrary to the way that you do well in the game, which is to perform specific tasks. I'll tell you, there are three scenarios. So there's three locations that you go to in the game. And I'm going to tell you about the first scenario as Helen. So for Helen to escape... From the the dormitory that she's in. She goes to sleep in the dormitory. Scissorman comes in, kills her friend. Mm. Then Scissorman is in the building. And you have to try to escape. But all the doors are locked. Everything is there. You need to find pliers. You need to find the key to the service room. You need to find the service room. You need to go down and get out. Those are the three things you need to do. How do you know that you need to do that? You don't. Welcome to Now, the new open web. Now you can measure like you mean it. Stop media waste. Get greater returns. Find the future of TV on CTV. Explore the frontiers of digital audio and all emerging channels. Expand your brand right now with Viant. 
built for the new open web. Built for now. Try our Adelphic DSP today and get 0% management fees for 2021 campaigns. Learn more at viantnow.com slash audio. Terms apply. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Picasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. You don't know. So you just I know because I looked at an FAQ because I was only going to play through the game once and I wanted to get the ending where they don't all die. Let's say you didn't have an FAQ. Would you just be like clicking on things randomly? You'd be walking around clicking things randomly. Here's more to the point. Hmm. In this level is a flashlight. You need the flashlight way in, in the third scenario. You go back to the house from the Super Nintendo game. You need that flashlight to look in a fireplace to get the banishing door spell that banishes Scissor Man at the very end of the game. Oh my god, what if you don't? And if you don't have that, Scissor Man just comes up and kills you. And then you have to play the whole game over. And then you have to play, and then you get one of the bad endings, and uh, then you gotta play the game over again. Mm-hmm. So that flashlight that is in a random drawer in a random room at the beginning defines you get the flashlight. Also, it doesn't have any batteries in it. So you got to get the batteries in another level. Uh-huh. Um, this is like, imagine if in Mario Brothers, in the first level, there was a flashlight. And if you don't get that, you go into Bowser's castle and you can't see him and he kills you. I mean, this sounds like AVGN material at this point. Sure. More, more to- where it's like you know Castlevania too. Yeah, there's good things about it, but there's also a lot of bad things about it. This, that's what this sounds like. Okay, the other important thing, there is. I also I haven't played it, but it, it doesn't seem like my type of game. There is a devil statue. Yeah, and the devil statue is in the first room or the second room of the game. Here's the devil statue. Now. To the game's credit, they don't let you leave the room without making this decision. But you have to remember the decision you made and act accordingly, or it's impossible to win at the game. So the devil statue, uh, you talk to another person who works with you, and you say, oh, I want you to take the devil statue to either this investigator guy, this, this academic investigator guy, or I want you to take it to the old groundskeeper of the building to ask them about it. If you don't remember what choice you made and go to that spot and get the devil statue, you won't have the devil statue. Now, if you give it to the research guy, you end up in there in the building where you have to, you're fighting scissor man and you can escape the building without it. I recognize this uh, the the mannerisms you're giving because it's the same thing that happens to me. Like I feel like when I played like King's Knight or something, right? Because it's like you went through a traumatic experience. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's like you it's like you're telling me that you, Mike, I was attacked, and you're telling me about it. That's what that's like the tone, right? So I get 
I get the statue. <laughs> but if I don't get it, at the end of the game, I run across a bridge. And it's like, this is very much like flashback or out of this world. Because yeah. he's coming. And you run across the bridge. And it got... And then he's oh, coming. Like the Rev- Resident Evil with like Mr. X coming after so you kind of. So he's coming. Yeah. And he's coming. And he's coming. And I've never been in this room before. And I'm and I have the FAQ. The answer is on the paper. And I'm like what, what the fuck do I do? He's coming. And you hear the sound of the scissors. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Do I have the statue?" Okay, I do have the statue. I got to put the statue on the shelf. So put the statue on the shelf. And the room starts shaking. And he gets sucked away. (laughs) But in addition to that, when the room starts shaking, I have to go into my inventory and recite the spell to banish him. And if I don't recite the spell to banish him, I'm fucking dead. So this game has never been about like Twitch reactions or anything like that. it's not like that. Um, and then, and then you're getting sucked away and he grabs you and then you had to talk to this other guy, the Stan guy. So Stan comes in, Stan, yeah, Stan, Stan comes in and shoots him and then he lets go of you and gets sucked into the portal to hell or whatever. Right. I watched the Jennifer playthrough. Yeah. You got to do all of that, but Stan doesn't come to save Jennifer. So when you're getting sucked away, you have to know to click in your inventory, click the dagger that you had to find, and stab Scissorman. You've never stabbed anybody in the history of the game. Right. How do you know that? How do you even know? How would anybody, A, know that you got to talk to Stan three times to be Jennifer? B, know that you had to have the statue. Know that you, the statue had to be in the right place. Know that you had to have the spell, which means you had to get the flashlight in the first level. You you know how you know though, huh? If you if you didn't have an FAQ, huh? Ryan, I beat this game when I was four. Right, that's the response you're gonna get. Oh, it's obvious. It is not fucking obvious. But I'm saying that's what people will say. I played this game when I was five and I beat right? it. Well, you know what? When you were five, you had infinite time to play. And you had this game. This was it. You're in your house. All these games are good. There's none of this is here. And you have this game. And your PlayStation is upside down because it's overheating because it's a pile of shit. And you have Clock Tower. And you you do nothing. For that month, but fuck around in Clock Tower. And eventually... So you're saying if you just had this game and you had enough time, that sure, maybe you could figure all this out. But if if you're going to devote a bazillion hours to it... But who has the time for that? Who, who, who would go through all of that? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, back then, though, yeah. there were less games. Maybe you were bored and maybe this was the game you had for like the summer... Yeah, and then you could figure that kind of thing out. But in the era we live in, where like we're game, 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 like we go through that. I feel mm-hmm. like we have this conversation all the time. But like, there's a different game all the time. Back then, like if you had three PlayStation games and this was one of them, maybe you had the time to figure that out. But I can tell you this: these days, I would not, I would not do that. I, I, I my concern is this: I used to play like the. 
um, the Sierra games. Like, this is like that. I, right. Yeah. I used to play – I I played a game called, uh, like, Gabriel Knights, and I played King's Quest, and I played Space Quest, and a lot of that kind of stuff. And back then, I liked those games, believe it or not. Right. Um, But I think that if I played those games today with all the other games that I've played since, I think they would bore me to fucking tears. Yeah. And I don't know that I can do that kind of stuff anymore. I feel like – for me, it might be a little, like an outdated way to play. So it definitely is outdated, and the voice acting is hellishly bad. And it's like, <laughs> it's like they got like guys from the office to be like, Helen, we need to go to the hotel, Helen. When you fucking said the office, I thought you were going to do something like Dwight or something. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, the office. Okay. No. Yeah. Like yeah. they got people like just who did they get yeah they, they got like a guy who works there he's like mopping the floor yeah and no, they i got heard him. a little of the voice acting was very yeah, yeah. it's just like the yeah. clock tower murders it was are, very dead it's like yeah wow um but the other thing, earlier you told me that you still kind of like it though. i still kind of like it one thing i like about it is the game is very grounded it's very not supernatural Till the very, very end. Okay. So it's like, basically it's like Scooby-Doo rules. Like you get to the end and you're like, oh, wow, it was him the whole time. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you know, we want to, there's like a false and there's like a false climax yeah. in it. And the false climax, I think is very clever for a video game at this time. And you get through that. And you could get to the false climax and get through that and not have done any of the shit I just told you about with the statue or anything like that. But then it's like, oh, well, Scissor Man is still around. So there was two Scissor Men. The, the Scissor Man that was in uh, Norway in the first two scenarios was that guy. Okay. But the Scissor Man that's in England in the, the final chapter. That is the real one, the one that attacked Jennifer originally or related to uh, uh, a victim of the same dark forces yeah. from the first game. So that in that once you get in that room, a lot of supernatural stuff happens and it's fucked up. So I'm sitting in this building. It's two in the morning. I'm by myself and I'm sitting recording my game footage. And I go into a room and Stan is in there and he's laying against the wall. And it's like, he's like, we got separated when Scissor Man came. And there are bones of children on the entire floor of this room. And then the ghosts of the children start singing. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck this game. <laughs> this is like, don't, don't do this. Creepy children yeah. has nothing to do with the story at all. It also helps that you're playing it. Like if we had the game on right now and it's the same scene yeah. in this environment with all these like lights on, it yeah. probably wouldn't be as scary, but you're playing at, you know, two o'clock in the morning. And that's what people say to me. They're, they're like, well, why don't you play some of these like horror games? And I'm like, you know that like when I stream, like I got big like lights on me and shit. Yeah. And then if I, you know what happens sometimes? I don't turn the light on because I forget. And then there's always a guy in the chat and he's like where's your light turn the light on <laughs> and i'm like how do you fucking even tell how can you right. tell because i'll just have like the ceiling light on yeah and i'll forget to put the main light and they fucking know right and, um, anyway the point is 
Games are scary when they're dark. Yeah. So yeah. it's two in the morning. I'm in a building. There's sounds. Like, I don't control everything that happens in this building. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, so I'm like, I'm going to make a tweet about it. Yeah. And and so that, that gives you a point in time when we recorded this episode. So, so I tweet about that and I'm in there and then I go into this side uh, study uh, in the game. And uh, a fucking disembodied hand comes out and starts like grabbing my character's throat and trying to get me. And then I have to click on it and then I throw it off my neck and throw it on the thing. And then you have to know to pick up a knife and stab it and you impale it. So now a disembodied hand has choked me. Yeah. I have, and it's stuck and it's still wriggling on the the desk. And And I'm like, Okay, so Stan has seen ghosts. People have seen a hand. And everyone's acting like it's fine. Where the guy, like the actual scissor man, is he like a real dude? So it was like a guy. So it goes from like, oh no, it was the guy the whole time. Yeah. And then it's like, now, now a disembodied hand happens. Ghosts are singing. Stan is like, man... I I can't go forward after this. And then I walk into a church in this thing and Jennifer is being crucified. Whoa. And then scissor man's back. So I shoot him. I'm going to, I'm going to cap scissor man and I shoot him and that all happens. And then it's like, Oh, I got to go in the basement. Here's another fucked up thing at the end of that game. You get to the basement of it. And there are three, this is like going back to Indiana Jones, the cups. Oh, yeah. There are three stairways. Okay. And if you go down. the right one. If you, if you go down the wrong stairway, it's just over. Yeah. But I was looking at FAQ, so I know. You have to go to a side room and get these ball bearings. And you have to drop the ball bearings down. And if you hear water. That's bad. That's bad. Okay. But then if you hear it hit the dirt, oh. that's the one you go down. And how are you going to know to go to the side room to get the ball bearings if you're not looking at a fucking strategy guy? Right. And then you get to the bottom and then you're in the creepy satanic bridge room and that's where it ends. And you better yeah. have your hell statue and your your magic door spell and you better have talked to Stan in the room with the creepy children and you better be ready to go. And if you're Jennifer, you better have a knife because <laughs> Scissor Man's coming. And you do it, and then you get the good ending. Otherwise, you get a bad ending. The bad ending is Scissorman comes and fucking kills you, or the the castle gets blown up, or the castle doesn't get blown up, but Scissorman is the only survivor because he kills everybody. So, like, you could get... There's eight different ways this game tells you to go fuck yourself. You know? And there's really only one, one way out for each of the, the ladies. And... And that's Clock Tower. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare, but it's a good good time to watch on YouTube. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, I watched the Jennifer gameplay. Yeah. And like, I, having played it, I had like investment yeah. in frustration. And I'm like, oh, now Jennifer's doing things. And I watched it, and it's good. And this game, if it had slightly better control, if it was slightly 
clearer what was going on. There was a few things that were there. This would be a horror classic to the tune of Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. But it's an interesting hot pile of garbage. (laughs) I'm still going to probably play Clock Tower 2 and 3, though, because... Maybe they fixed it. What were the? Is that PlayStation One as well? Or is so that... Clock Tower Two is PlayStation One, and Clock Tower Three, which is technically four, you know, PS2. is on PS Two. Okay, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think that this is a game. You know, we talk about games we love, like Until Dawn. Yeah, that are like the super high budget value version. You, I have a question. So you played the PlayStation One version? Did and you talked earlier about we were talking about playing it with the Super Nintendo mouse. Did you play it with a D-pad? I played it with a D-pad and it didn't matter. It was fine. Okay. Because there is a mouse for PlayStation. Yeah. The cursor moved fast enough. Fast enough. Let's see. It says mouse compatible mm. on it. So this is one of the few PlayStation and mouse games. And then you can games. sit on your couch with a mouse. Yeah. Should this, I feel like this game should just be on PC. It should, but it's it's Japanese as hell, man, and that's why it's it's not on PC mm-hmm. because because of that. But uh, this game includes scenes of graphic violence of a grotesque nature. Does it? Oh, dude, one one thing. This is like PS Super PS One. Yeah, the shadows that are on you are fine when they're all clumped together. <laughs> but if the camera zooms out too much, the shadows are just black rectangles. Like boxes. Black box rectangles. It's funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, the other thing is this game is super expensive. Um, just emulate it. This is like a $140 game. Um, so this would be about $300 here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, and all I take very good care of my games, actually. Yeah, you know. So, um, I'm happy I have it in my collection because it's cool mm-hmm. and Scissor Man's cool. But uh, there is no reason to buy this game. It's well available in emulation. Yeah, and the emulation is fine for pointing and clicking. You're not worried about frame rate. You're not worried about anything. Would you rather play Wampaku Graffiti every time? <laughs> every time that's a video game yeah this is an experience an experience yeah that's, that's a fun, that's a fun right. way to put it yeah that's yeah. great though. I feel like there's gonna be people in the comments that that are cause this is like a beloved game yeah especially like retro game guys I feel like some people do you think people are gonna be angry with your opinion I mean I don't think I, I shit played, on it you played through it I played through it I, I and there's a lot of things you like about it there's things I like about it yeah that's the thing very rarely, like like a lot of games are like open and shut. This is great. This sucks. Yeah. There's so many things that suck about this game, but I wouldn't like if somebody on the street came up to me like, "Oh, what do you think, Clock Tower?" I wouldn't be like, "Oh, it sucks." Right. I'd be like, "It's got all these problems." And that's how I feel like with Splatterhouse too. I'm like, I'd be like, "Oh, it's cool, but watch out because yeah. this, this, and this." Yeah. yeah. So we both kind of have games like that, right? Yeah. But I think with One Pocket Graffiti, we're both like, "This is a good game." Well, One Pocket Graffiti is good. Splatterhouse Two is a little problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's still good though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for now. Hope you enjoyed that with Splatterhouse Clock Tower. Uh, what else? What else we got? We're going to tell them to like and subscribe and have a happy Halloween. Oh, another thing. Also, I, I don't think we've ever mentioned, you know, you can, if you guys are only watching this on YouTube, you can also listen to this show 
uh, like if you're driving in your car or whatever, put on Spotify or where any of those services. All right? the podcasts of Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, you can find it all the places. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. So the guys that are watching on YouTube, you know, you can listen to it as well yeah. in, in audio form. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. See you later. Atlanta deserves a world-class education system where every student can get a great education. But for too many, that's not happening. Casey Venning is running for APS school board because she knows we can do better. We have to close the achievement gap and provide children with an education that prepares them for life. Casey Venning will demand accountability, increase transparency, prioritize classroom safety, and provide greater educational opportunity for our kids. And Casey's ready to lead now. She spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On Election Day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. Atlanta deserves a world-class education system where every student can get a great education. But for too many, that's not happening. Casey Venning is running for APS school board because she knows we can do better. We have to close the achievement gap and provide children with an education that prepares them for life. Casey Venning will demand accountability, increase transparency, prioritize classroom safety, and provide greater educational opportunity for our kids. And Casey's ready to lead now. She spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On Election Day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.